What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. Joining us today is the super talented Caroline Lee. Hey, what's up? And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphic tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show. Questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, show topic ideas, artist suggestions. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, <coughs> MoGraph.com. You have a million ways to hit us up and ask us your questions about yep. MoGraph and motion graphics that is design uh after effects cinema 4d technical questions artists it doesn't matter what it is if you have a show topic idea if it's super noob and you're scared to write it write it anyway if it's super advanced and you don't think we would know it we probably won't write it anyway try (laughs) yeah write it anyway we'll figure it out We'll figure it out. We'll give you some bad advice. We don't care. Yep. And uh, <laughs> that's basically the whole show. Bad advice, right? right? Uh, we will get to Ricardo's questions that were emailed last week. We yep. didn't get to them last week, and uh, we just we were short on time. And uh, I think we're going to get to them this week. It'll be fun. Wanted to give some updates on a bunch of things going on before we get into the meat of the show here. Yes. This week we got some camp updates that we wanted we to go over do you have do you want me to start with that uh number one new fireside speaker let's talk about that yes okay so like i mentioned last week um we uh, uh unfortunately tj kearney had to had some stuff come up where he had to cancel real sad that we uh uh that he's not going to be able to uh join us at camp i know he's bummed as well uh but we have replaced him um with austin shaw Austin Shaw, uh, super talented uh, uh, motion designer, um, uh, worked at uh, Savannah College of Art and Design for like 10 years. Um, So really, really talented guy. He's uh, currently, I believe he just uh, started a podcast with uh, Aaron Sarofsky, I believe. Don't quote me on that. that Is that whole podcast them? I, I heard the one episode. I, um, I, I didn't know I'm, if it I'm was not a regular thing. Or... I, I'm not 100% sure, but he's a he's a super talented motion designer. He's going to be taking TJ's place uh, for that uh, Thursday night, the first night um, uh, uh, fireside chat, and I, it's going to be it's going to be really good. You know, it'll be great yeah. to have you know someone who's worked within the industry and also um, you know uh, 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 taught a whole bunch. Um, it's got that extensive background. It's going to be really, really great to to get an insight on that. I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, because uh, uh, we've got Ryan Summers doing the fireside chats or like moderating, the moderation, so that we don't have yeah. to, you know. Yeah. And it's going to be great to see the conversations between uh, uh, Ryan and uh, the rest of our group because, you know, he as as for those who remember Ryan from the the last uh, camp, like that fireside chat was just killer you know it was great and the thing is we had no real moderation last year it was just kind of all of us that were directors kind of like you know and and i feel like he's gonna be a great person to be the moderator absolutely kind of of rein some of these conversations in. you really do need somebody in that situation when there's a lot of questions to kind of keep everybody on track and all of that so um that's gonna be cool and the other thing too ej wanted to make sure that i mentioned this is that uh, he will be doing the beer tasting yes. again this year, <laughs> and uh, he he actually is getting 
his his license to serve. Yeah, there. we're getting a, a bunch of us. So the one thing that um, uh, when talking to the camp, you know, where we're talking about having alcohol and stuff like that, we it was one in one of the stipulations was that anyone who's serving alcohol has to be licensed. And so we made it a point that we are getting licensed and we've actually had a, a couple of our people already get licensed. So uh, it'll be great. We'll probably have like, you know, five or six people licensed to serve, you know, which will be great for everyone. So just look for those people. But yes, EJ will be doing his beer tastings. So I'm assuming you're going to say. So he's going to bring some stuff. But what he want the request is that you bring something that you would like to share. Yeah. And we're not talking like bring some Bud Light. We're talking about like (laughs) if you have like a big bottle of like a sour beer or or something like that, that's just for a tasting. What you do is you bring it, uh, you give it to him and he's got to serve it, but he'll do the tasting. He'll ask you about it. You can, you know, so especially if it's something local, like a craft beer that's local, something Mm -hmm. you want to share with other people, just be little tasting cups just to try these things. Yeah. And uh, because he's the one that's licensed to serve, it will be nice and clean because he'll be the one serving it and he'll wash up and make sure, you know, lots of COVID uh, restrictions and uh, safeguards that we have to put in place. Yep. Which, by the way, is our next topic. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, you know, <laughs> there's been an uptick in Delta and stuff like that. Uh, mostly among the southern states, we've noticed, you know, Oregon's pretty been pretty good. They're still open mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, yeah. But uh, there is a... There is a uh, so basically, we're we're going to have to implement this based off of talking to the camp and stuff like that. Um, uh, uh, we're implementing to make sure that everyone is staying safe. You know that all the campers are stay, staying safe because you know we're all traveling. We're all going to be doing you know being close together and stuff like that, sharing quarters. Um, uh, we're going to be either one checking for uh, vaccinations. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so bring your vaccination cards or two, we're, we're going to require a negative COVID test within three days of the camp of camp. And not a rapid test. Yeah, not a rapid test. test either. So, yeah. you know, just be aware if you're coming to camp, you're going to need one of those two things. Um, that's what the camp is requiring from us. Um, we we just found that out last week. And if you're not vaccinated, we hi- we highly recommend, you know, wearing a mask the whole time. I recommend that anyway, no matter where you're at, whether you're at camp or not if you're not vaccinated to wear be, a mask there's going to be some mask uh, but we will yeah we will have a bunch of masks we will have a bunch yeah. of masks you know for people to wear if they're feeling unsafe for any reason or whatever also uh, we will have um we'll have wristbands um for everyone who's right. coming um we'll have uh red yellow and green ones you know, mm-hmm. so green means I'm comfortable with hugs, do whatever, you know, pick me up over your shoulders, bench press me, whatever. I don't care. Right. Yellow is, you know, elbow bumps only, whatever. And then red is, you know, keep your distance. I'm trying to stay, stay. away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to uh, socially yeah. distance and stuff like that, you know, and it's whatever you're comfortable with. You know, we're excited. Everyone's coming to camp and um, it, we understand, you know, it, it, things happen. You can't guarantee everything. If, you know, you do take that COVID test and it comes out positive, you know, before, just let us know. We'll, you know, we, we want everyone to stay safe. So it's not like we're going to just yeah. take your money, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we do not want you to bring COVID into the, right. into the camp. <laughs> right. It's, and people are coming from different places mm-hmm. all over the U.S. So we're really trying to be careful here. Yep. So, again, uh, it's either going to be vaccine or negative COVID test. Yes. 
and masks are going to be it's a requirement if it's, you're indoors no, it's, in Oregon, right? And for the camp, uh, I believe it I, is. I believe right it is now. indoors. Yes, I believe it is. Yeah, you know, but you know, like so I we're, said, we're I going rec- by their yeah, 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 their guidelines. Yeah. Yes, so you we know, and it actually, you know, that's it's not uncommon. Uh, for the camps, like Dave, you your daughter went to a camp here, and that's what the same things right. that they required was a negative COVID test within three days. Yeah. So, you know, we're we just were at the Aryevs. We had to leave the Aryevs and go to do a, do because a of the timing of it. Because uh-huh. we were in Colorado and we had to get her to camp with the test. So we that's funny. A lot of people are doing that. A lot of them are, are <clears throat> you know, but it's it's kind of nice because if. If everybody there is vaccinated or has had a negative test, you're going to feel pretty You're going to feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah. And that's right. that's really – ever since we started doing Camp MoGraph, it has always been about making our campers as comfortable as possible. You know, that's why mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a fully, you know uh, – uh, what's the word, Dave? Um, it's, I mean, we provide food, we provide lodging, you oh. know, it's, it's all of the above. We provide all inclusive, all inclusive. Right. we provide, right. you know, alcohol and stuff like that. We've been wanting people to be as comfortable as possible. And so, you know, we know with right. the, the Delta variant, you know, we don't want to shut down again. We don't want to have to postpone this another year, you know? So yeah. th- these are the things that we got to do in order to see each other. And I'm exactly. okay with that. These are things I'm willing to do. So to see each other. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So and um and and of course there's a lot of outdoor activity where there is there's a ton to there's going to be so, you know hiking you know, and like hanging out by the fire and stuff like that you know and the camp is huge it's really yeah. really big so to think that you know there's there's only going to be I think right now we're at 130 people you know which isn't a lot when you Max. spread it out over you know a huge yeah camp. huge yeah. yeah thing so. Yeah. The, the 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 biggest things are going to be like, you know, lunch and din- breakfast, lunch and dinner, yeah. that kind of thing. You know, yeah. And which um, there's and there's places outside to sit as well. You know, if you right. want to do that. So yeah, exactly. Cool. So um, there's there's a way for everybody to be comfortable. Yes. So. Um, we do have some surprise people who are coming. Mm-hmm. So just for those campers who are coming, just be prepared because it's going to be fun. That'll be yeah. fun. And, um, of course, we could not ha- uh, have camp at all without all of our amazing sponsors. So, uh, big shout out to all of our sponsors uh, for camp. Um, our our uh, uh, village sponsors, uh, Maxon, Otoy, and Video Copilot. Big shout out to them. Um, and then our gold sponsors, Minimal Massive, Grayscale Gorilla, and DeFacto Sound. And then our bronze sponsors, A Scripts and School of Motion. We're super excited to have all of them on board. They help keep the cost of camp down for all the campers who are coming. So uh, yes. give a big shout out to them. So it'll be uh, it'll be good. Yeah. Yep. We're like a month out, a month from exactly today. a month, exactly Ooh, a month man. to the day, dude. I'm like. Awesome. I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, I, I got. I got a lot to do. We do, and we've had uh, we've had a bunch of stuff shipped to our house, and I'm super excited about some of the swag that we got. It's gonna no, be. We got a hurry. Man. It's gonna and be we're great. Gonna be yeah. out of town for. A and week we're gonna be out of well, town. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, Matt and I are going to Maxon here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I know a few people are coming into town early. Oh, my light just turned off. I'll have to turn that on. <laughs> Give me one second. Um. Uh, I know a few people are coming in early. If you are, hit me up, you know, because we may, we get in on the 7th. 
um, to get everything set up on the 8th. Uh, we mm-hmm. may be doing a small little, you know, local meetup or something. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. You know, if we or do. Or even if we're at the camp a little early. Yeah. You know, maybe he's. Come by, know, say hi. Like helping yeah. us out. <laughs> helping us set up or something. That would be great. Yep. Uh, Just uh, uh, shoot us a text or something like that, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, other week wrap-up things we got to get to real quick. I did want to mention Quarter Res. The yeah. email just went out for this this morning. Quarter Res is happening, which we've always kind of joked about yeah. Quarter Res being like a mini meetup for Half Res, but uh, that just came in this morning that September 15th there September, will be kind right of after camp. Right after right camp. After camp. Uh, yeah, so we will not be there, unfortunately, because we will have just gotten back, and I believe that um, there, there's like a three-day Maxon show during that because that's where uh, uh, IBC would have been. So there's going to be kind yeah. of an extended thing that is going to be uh, right after that. By the way, while I'm mentioning that, next week there's another 3D Motion show. Yep. Just wanted to put that out there. That's going to be on Wednesday. Who, and, who, uh, do you know so, who's yeah, going to be on that your, one? Um, I Not off the top of my head because okay. I haven't uh, done rehearsals yet. So, uh, let's see. MoGraph Meetup, there's going to be also, speaking of meetups, there's going to be a MoGraph Meetup uh, Vegas on the, yes. the night of the first day. It's Sunday, the September 10th. No, wait. <laughs> October 10th, I believe. Uh, you can double check that. Just check our Twitter account. You can find the link on there to get tickets, and I'll make sure I put that in the show notes as well if you want to get tickets. This is the meetup that School of Motion does at NAB at the it was at Beer Works it's at a different yes. place this year so make oh, it sure is. you check that it's called Tom's yeah October 10th um, mm-hmm. at 8pm uh, uh, at Tom's Urban Las Vegas so that's yeah. Sunday that's Sunday night yeah. that's the first night of, of uh, NAB the NAB meetup so you can get the free tickets there I yep. believe there's still tickets available for that and go and thank all the sponsors from that too there's mm-hmm. a bunch of sponsors it's amazing where that went Joey yeah. found the that picture of the meetup and sent it to me. I, I'd been looking for it everywhere, and I couldn't find it. There's this meetup that we did, and there was, I don't know, maybe like 10 of us in a booth. And yeah. that was one of the the first meetup years, and now it's as yeah. big as it is. It's I love amazing. that I didn't know anyone in the booth, you know, or at least yeah. like a majority of the people in the booth I didn't know. And now, like, yeah. they're all very close friends of mine. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, a couple other things I wanted to mention. Number one, the scholarship. We haven't really pushed this that much. Mm-hmm. I haven't really talked about it. I need to get some social out, hopefully this week, and push the MoGraph scholarships for the uh, for the Houdini course and for the Unreal course. If you go to MoGraph.com slash scholarship, you can see both of them listed. You can click. You can see the requirements. But basically, we are trying to... Uh, give a few scholarships out on both of these things, whatever you're interested in. And uh, you go on and you do a little video and you send a reel and you say, this is me and I'm not afraid of Houdini. Nah. I want to hop into Houdini. And so there's <laughs> going to be a scholarship. We're doing four scholarships for Houdini. We're doing two for Unreal, I think. And we've got um, judges on these that are uh, you know, from the, their particular industry. You can see all the info on that on the site. I think uh, on the Houdini one, we just added a judge. Uh, Simon Homedal will be mm-hmm. 
one of the judges now as well on the Houdini side. So make sure that uh, if you're looking to get into Houdini or if you know somebody who's looking to get into Houdini and they cannot afford to buy the course, we really want to you know, help to uh, spread this scholarship, get the word out so that people can um, apply for it. And uh, so check it all out there. You can see the videos and things on the site. And uh, let people know, at the end of the summer, we're going to throw all of the entries to the judges, and they're going to get on there. And uh, you get the scholarship. You also get a minted version of the scholarship as an mm-hmm. NFT, and you get a little physical frame and all of that stuff. It's kind of nice. So uh, make sure that you um, check that out. MoGraph.com slash scholarship. And uh, an update on Brandon's course. Brandon's course is still in beta. Uh, We've got beta testers right now. By the way, if you are a beta tester, please uh, get through it as quick as you can. I Mm -hmm. know I'm being uh, a little pushy for, you know, for that. But uh, we'd like to get it out in the next few weeks. And I I don't know if we're going to make it before you and I head out to L.A. So uh, we'll we'll try our best. But also right behind that is going to be Caitlin's course as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, which I am so excited about that as well. Like, y'all are going to just love this. Yep. We came up with a name for yep. it that wasn't <laughs> sexual because it's procreate. <laughs> procreate. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the problem. Um, so it's going to be called Brush Up. That's Yeah. Anyway. I like Instead that. Instead of, you know, procreate with Caitlin or <laughs> let's procreate or learn to procreate. None of those t- titles were really going to work very well. Uh, so... Uh, brush up, make sure you stand by for that stuff. If you're looking to get into uh, some advanced RTX stuff, that's Brandon's course. If you're looking to get into some illustration on the iPad with Procreate, that's going to be Caitlin's course. So we're excited about those launching because we've been working a long time on those. They've been working a long time on those. And uh, it's just great. It's just great. I cannot wait for you all to see it. Dave, there was and a question I, in the chat how, mm-hmm. how to get the scholarship. Oh, I think I addressed that already. Uh, okay. It's going to be um, it's going to be mograph dot com slash scholarship. Okay, cool. Yeah. Everybody's eligible. Yep. So. Um, real quick, um, I just looked up who's on the motion show next week. Uh, uh-huh. John Lapore, Angie Ferret, Pedro Ramos, and Michael Rosen. It's going to be a good one. It'll be a yeah. good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Cool. All right. Uh, I have no rendering topics for this week so the ravcock nope. section we can just go past i think again i think people are waiting for yeah NAB the and, quote unquote you know siggraph nab whatever whatever yeah yeah and it's like there's <clears throat> the official events are all at different times now but i i think everybody's waiting till like next month or the month after <clears throat> for yep announcements so now that we're through all of that yes caroline let's, caroline. Talk, let's talk to you <laughs> Um, <laughs> I guess inter- introduce yourselves to everybody. Um, well, so I'm Caroline Lee. I'm a uh, I'm a motion designer. I do 2D and 3D. Um, yeah. What would you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess um, how long have you been doing this? You're you're, I guess, relatively new to to this, right? How long have you been doing this? I've been doing motion design. Um, not relatively new to freelance because I've done like freelance on the side of like other mm-hmm. staff stuff over the years, but mm-hmm. um, the full time freelance thing I've been doing for a little over uh, a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, yeah, I've been working staff freelance um, for like about ten years. 
Wow. What what and made so, you decide to jump off? Yeah. Uh, just the flexibility thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, my husband and I were out here in New Jersey. Um, we were both doing the commute into the city and everything. Oh, um, gosh. How long is that commute? Like an hour like and a half? Hour 15, yeah. Oh, so bad. Um, yeah. yeah. So that wasn't, like, the main reason, but, like, like definitely, like, added on to it after a mm-hmm. while. Um, but, yeah, just having the flexibility um, to be able to grab different projects uh, that were interesting, but then also have the flexibility to, you know, just have some time like before or after work and not have to, you know, rely on weekends to really like get other things done. So for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's really what drove me into it, but I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. And tell those, us about yeah, those your... night times, those night times, whenever you're working a full-time job and also right. freelancing at the same time, it's uh that's hard, you know? Yeah. We, I really didn't do that when we moved out to where we are now um, mm-hmm. before we ended up in the suburbs. You know, we were a little closer to Manhattan. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I was able to take on a little bit more on the side um, yeah. when we were, you know, elsewhere. But it was just really impossible to do that. So I kind of like just went, you know, stuck with the full time staff stuff at that point. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. just, yeah, really missed like, you know, the opportunities that come along with like freelance gigs of like, you know, like mean all these different people working with all these talented, you know, clients and studios and stuff like that. So, yeah, totally. Well, you tell us about the the screen name <laughs> my my handle because yeah your handle because it, it's not when i was originally the first time searching for you a while back i think during <laughs> one of the motion shows i was like wait like like sometimes like you're trying to match a name with a handle and you're like is this the right person <laughs> yeah. you know it, because it, it's former former <clears throat> lee albrecht is that yep. Is that a maiden name? What, yes. What's the story? So okay. my maiden name was Caroline Albrecht. Um, when my husband okay. and I got married, um, you know, we were trying to think of like puns for the wedding and everything. And that, that was something that came up and we were just like, you should do that for your website. And I was just like, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so that <laughs> kind of funny. became the handle. But uh, yeah, so formerly, it's just a pun on formerly. the maiden and married names. Yeah. That's funny. No, so uh, everything that you have on your Instagram um, account is this everything that you are are doing in this new freelance or some of this what you did when you, you were at a previous uh, employer? It's yeah, a combination of stuff. So it's stuff that I've done freelance. It's personal pieces, uh, you know, freelance client stuff that you know is publicly available. Um, and then yeah, it's a lot of staff stuff, stuff that I've done at other places that um, mm-hmm. you know is out on the interwebs. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a combo of all those things. What uh what inspired you to get into motion design? I um ever since I was little, I always just like loved like Disney movies, drawing Sunday mm-hmm. comics and stuff like that. As soon as like Toy Story and like yep. you know, the VFX for like, you know, the first three Star Wars movies and those breakdowns have come out and everything, I was like, That's really cool. Like that's first three exactly like episode four, five, six or episode one, two, three. No, one, two, right. three. Because I don't know if I ever really okay. saw any like breakdowns for four, five, six. Yeah, those are the okay. original. But uh, <laughs> like they would show like behind the scenes stuff in those DVDs for like the you know one, two, three. And like mm-hmm. when you could see like just like the models that they would build and like just even some of the green screen stuff, I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you've done you've done a ton of the I guess, what would you call them? Like the daily trends. So 
uh, like 36 days of type. Mm-hmm. You did the series with all 90. I love the 90 stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was this year's. Yeah. Yeah, the 36 um, days thing is the only like um, daily challenge that I've ever really participated in. I know a lot of other people do like daily renders. I, I couldn't keep up with anything like that. Right. Um, but, but it does look like you've done a lot of them, though, either way. And and so has that getting the hour and a half commute back helped you a little bit to have yeah. time to do stuff like that? Yeah. It definitely has, um, because, you know, the, these have been opportunities where it's just like, I don't know, it's fun to, like, put together a theme and, and connect with, like, not even just the MoGraph community, like, the broader, like, design and creative community, because there are mm-hmm. so many different people who participate in the 36 Days Challenge. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Gosh, you know, I, I would just try to do it when, when I had the time, try to keep to the timeline that they give you, which is challenging. I guess that's why it's called a challenge. A challenge, but, um, right. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. I've been doing, I've done it for the past three years. That, I'm, I'm looking at your 36 Days of Type. This is, I, I, I love it. Because, <laughs> like, you know, having grown up in the 90s, like, you see these letters and I'm like, okay, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, Goosebumps. <laughs> you know, I know exactly. It's good. I like that. No Jumanji. Yep. Kushball. I love it. <laughs> cool. So where did you go to school? Um, I went to a school called Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute up in upstate New York. Okay. And, uh, and how... I did study uh, 3D yeah. animation there. The, the program itself was called like electronic arts or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, we were really learning how to use Maya back then. Okay. So your first initial uh, jump into 3D was Maya? Yeah. Do you do you, yeah. what what uh what pushed you over to cinema? I'm assuming you're still you're using cinema? Yeah. On the reg. <laughs> only, right. only using cinema yeah. really. <laughs> well, they what, like uh, yeah, I learned all this stuff about Maya for like 4 years and then literally as soon as I graduated, well actually, no, that's a lie. Not literally right when I graduated, but the first job out of school that I had, you know, we did use Maya. It was, you know, After Effects Maya and mm-hmm. uh trying to think of what other programs we were using at the time, but it was as soon as I um, actually moved back to New Jersey. My first job out of school was down in Maryland. Um, when I mm-hmm. moved back, that was when a lot of like, I ended up in broadcast and a lot of broadcast okay. companies were using cinema and I was sort yeah. of like, oh, I really need to learn how to use this program. Yeah. Did you find the uh, the transition, like about, how long <laughs> would you say the transition from Maya to Cinema 40, like before you felt like, okay, I'm 100% comfortable in this. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to think back on it, but like I don't know. I feel like everything that's good. Feels that's pretty good. comfortable after <laughs> if you like can't a remember year. <laughs> if it didn't make an impact, then that's good to know. Yeah, it's it's like so all this complicated Maya stuff you've been doing all this time, that's gone now. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a button for everything in Cinema 40. I'm like, wait, I don't have to pipe all this input stuff like to make <laughs> <Right>. something work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and that was kind of my question with the schooling too because we always ask okay a did you go to school and then b if you went to school was it on motion design or was it film or or was it something completely unrelated because some people are like yeah i got my bachelor's of of science and whatever in or or, i got a i got a degree in i don't know biology Mm-hmm. And now I'm doing motion graphics. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of, you never know, right? Yeah, the, because the David Aryev method of getting a, almost right. getting a master's degree in neuroscience and then going into motion design. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then and then if you did take it, if you're someone like me who was, was taking those classes back in 99, just, just like you, it wasn't on Cinema 4D. So it's interesting to, to see where with everybody, 
uh, who was not in Cinema 4D or was maybe not in any sort of program at all, like mm-hmm. how they ended up where they are. Um, so uh, out of college, uh, I guess before we go out of college, though, um, besides Maya, <laughs> what, what else were you, le- were you learning after effects? Were you learning any- anything having to do with anything cinematic? Were you learning about cameras? Were you learning about print? I took, um, I took a couple of film courses, maybe one or two. Um, so yeah, so having just like the basic knowledge of like, you know, how camera works, doing like story development, character development, those types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, before we jumped into Maya, like, you know, we did like the very fundamentals of everything in like Photoshop and like animated, like, you know, ball bounces and those types of things. Um, we really didn't use a lot of after effects, which is kind of funny because the first job that I did get out of school, um, that was like one of the questions, like I really only knew how to use after effects to sort of like edit whatever I put together in Maya Mm -hmm. into like a little reel, so to speak. Right. So when I got to like, you know, the interview for the first job and they're just like, do you know, have to, do you know how to use after effects? I was just like thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've done these little things. I guess that's how you use after effects. Right. And it was Mm -hmm. just. way more than anything i've ever (laughs) done in after effects so no that's like one course that i really wish that like we did a little bit more of when i was Mm -hmm. there is like Mm -hmm. really learning after effects because that's become like a tool that i use daily so how long how long was the program that you did was it a two or four four years four years okay yeah yeah see when i went to the art institute it was a two-year program you came out with an associate of applied science and we had to take two after effects courses, but I felt like those courses didn't like the, the teachers at the art Institute when I was going there were awful. They were so bad. They were basically (laughs) former students who couldn't find a job and decided to just teach. Right. And so you've got some teachers who you're trying to take After Effects from, and they don't even know the program themselves. It, it was basically a free-for-all. So, yeah. you know, y- you come out, e- even though I came out of it, having two After Effects courses, I still relied heavily on Video Copilot in order to get me where I needed to go, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so did did you did you learn a lot of Photoshop? Because you're... Yes. you're your type stuff, I've no it it's yeah. very clean, your, but it looks like your design a lot of is excellent involved, right? in all your work. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 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 We did a lot of I wanna say that the program that I was in, it wasn't like I went to school for three D animation specifically because mm-hmm. the program itself right. really was like, you know, there's a lot of like com based classes, there was design based classes, there was storytelling and art based classes. Mm-hmm. So it was just this like whole mix. It was really like whatever you wanted to make of it, you could make of it kind Mm -hmm. of program um and i just kind of i don't know for whatever reason ever since i was a kid like i just wanted to be an animator so i was like well i'm going down the 3d path like that's what i know what i want to do um so i did i took a lot of those maya courses as a result was it uh, was there a lot of uh uh like character classes i know i feel like anytime uh there is like you hear about someone going into maya or something like that it's a lot of characters yeah that the classes are being pushed with characters and stuff like that yeah yeah um i mean we did a fair amount of character stuff it wasn't Mm -hmm. like you know the the program was largely based around like doing character animation but in order to like understand the technical you know parts of the program that's what we like really did focus on like one of the projects i clearly remember was doing like modeling rigging skinning 
mm-hmm. UV wrapping like a character and like doing a character animation. Yeah. Which was horrible. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds horrible. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like horrible in that, like the end result that I made was not that good. But, <laughs> but you, no, I you mean, you really got to be into characters. Like, yeah. You, the people that are good at characters are really into characters. Yeah. You know? Such like, a specialty. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. I don't really play around with that at all. Anytime anyone's sort of like, can you do this character animation? I'm like, I could have someone help me oh, out. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Let's see. Who can I call? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so you are kind of new to the, the freelance thing. And you said a year and a half. So was this like right before COVID? Yeah. Right after yeah. COVID? Yeah. Right before? Yeah. June, so, uh, sorry. June. Ooh. January of 2020, that was that's when it became wow. official. Ooh, yeah, it's were you freaking thing. out around March? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't freaking out so much, but I was mm-hmm. sort of like, it was just a big question of like, okay, well, when will stuff pick up? Because right before March, you know, there were people who were sort of saying to me like, you know, we've we're getting budgets approved, you know, yeah, we're mm-hmm. figuring out production schedules, and then as soon as March hit, everyone was sort of like, we really need to pull back. Yeah, because right. we're really unsure, like, you know, how long this is going to last or how it's going to impact stuff. And yep. I, I totally understood from the get-go. Oh, yeah. So I was sort of like, all right, you know, well, I don't know. I was sort of just like, I guess in the mindset of, like, instead of, like, kind of waiting for, you know, to see what happens, I was like, let me just use this time to brush up on skills and mm-hmm. learn some new stuff if I can. So totally. um, that's kind of what I did. Did you, because we found that, like, that initial March lull, you know, Oh, yeah. There was that, yeah. and then immediately after, it, there was a huge ramp up, you um, know? Like, did you have the same thing uh, uh, where in... Did you notice the same thing? The summer for me was a little more on the slower side, mm-hmm. uh, but towards the end of the summer, things picked up mm-hmm. for me. But I've heard other people say what you were yeah. saying, too, that, like... March, even April, were a little uncertain. But then as soon as, like, May hit and production yeah. started opening back up, everyone was, like, crazy swamped again. So Yeah. 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 I find that the summers, summers are normally pretty slow. Like, we're, right. we're relatively slow right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be but ramping up, I'm coming. sure. Yeah. All the Christmas end stuff. Of year stuff. Yeah. 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 That's going to be the, coming. And the Christmas stuff wasn't as big the last, yeah. the, like last year, but I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be huge this year. this year. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Um, the reason I brought that up is because I've been thinking a lot about the point that we kind of brought up uh, last week with Brandon, mm-hmm. which was, you know, if, if you weren't building a base in contract work before COVID or even in mm-hmm. the last 10 years, it might be a little bit harder because there's, a, I think if, if somebody right now is just getting out of school thinking, you know, I want to go into freelance and they're not looking to get anything in a studio, which for some people I'd say that's probably a good idea to go to stu- uh, studio before freelance. Mm-hmm. If you're fresh, fresh, mm-hmm. fresh. Um, I think a lot of people it's difficult for, and um, it's very easy if you are fortunate enough to have, clients right now Mm -hmm. to say oh yeah business is great but there's a lot of people who are not in that same boat there are a lot of motion designers out there of course there's a lot of potential clients as well Mm -hmm. so just keep at it but it is i'm sure a lot harder right now during covid times to get onto that that contractor kick right um 
what advice would you would you give to people who have just either just jumped off they're thinking about jumping off maybe they jumped off and they're having problems mm-hmm. you know maybe possibly getting discouraged I would just say to uh, the Mograf community is just like super supportive. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I just, I feel like, you know, getting to know people in the industry, just like having genuine conversations with people, getting to know other artists mm-hmm. um, and seeing what, you know, what people's specialties, specialties are and stuff like that, I think is like a great way to sort of introduce yourself to others who might be in the same situation as yourself or have been in the situation that you're in and can offer even more advice. Mm-hmm. But um, I found that when I made the transition from staff to full-time freelance, um, for me, that's what actually really helped. I started, you know, just forming relationships with people online and um, met some really amazing people since then. Like, there's people I haven't met, like, face-to-face yet, mm-hmm. and I consider them, like, just, like, really good friends from just, like, yep. interacting with them over the past year and a half going through this whole thing. Yeah, half the people in the chat. I'm excited to see it. Camp Mograf for the first time. Right. <laughs> Even Winbush. We haven't. We've yeah, never we've never. Oh, that's so funny. Winbush. I just it's realized so we've never met Winbush in person. In person. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah I think we're going to try and uh, uh, meet up and, and say hi when we're in L.A. Yeah. Uh, in a couple weeks. But um, I, I think... It's, it's so easy for, like I said, for everyone to say, oh, that's so well and good for... Uh, for Dave and Matt because you know they've been doing this for a long time but I haven't yeah but and and if they're listening also mm-hmm. what you have to uh, understand like so we've been doing we've been freelancing for what five six years something like that well or, or full-time more, full-time yeah. you know yeah. five or six years mm-hmm. and we've only had our, our really really successful years probably the past two years you know Right. Like those have been our best years were probably last year and this year. And it, it could be because of COVID. It might not be. It might just be that we built up enough, you know, rapport with clients and stuff like that to where they're coming back. But, you know. Well, the it, reason I bring that up, though, yeah, is because, you know, it, it's hard for, it, you know, I can't take like a, I don't really have like a list of everybody who listens to the show. Right. Especially mm-hmm. like iTunes. I have no idea who's listening on iTunes. There's yeah. a lot of them. Right. But I wouldn't be able to tell you what's the percentage of people that are contractors and which ones are mm-hmm. making a decent living, you know, mm-hmm. just getting getting by and having a decent living. Uh, how many what's that percentage of those people who aren't having as much of a success at mm-hmm. it and, and why, you know. And so that's why I've been thinking about it a lot, because I really don't know. Uh, I know I would love to actually hear from people who are maybe trying to really push this contractor life, you know, in that independent life and maybe are struggling and maybe they have questions because uh, it is real easy to be like, oh, this industry is great because I'm doing great, mm-hmm. you know. So, so my question that keeps going through my head is how to help people be successful if they are having a hard time. Maybe there's some there's something we have learned or something that we could pass on to help people, um, you know, find clients and, and uh, you know, make more connections and, mm-hmm. and really thrive in this, especially if, if, if they're brand new. So um, when it comes to getting those clients, though, right, like maybe you, you make your good connections online, you meet some great artists, um, maybe they maybe some of these connections are bringing you some work, you know, they're throwing people your way or you're collaborating on things. Um, 
But uh, when did you start putting your stuff out there on Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. where, wherever that is? Did, did you, were you putting things out while you were still at a company? Or did you kind of say, hey, I've got to get a social media presence? I, I feel like I was a late bloomer to like all the social media stuff. <laughs> so when I was like staff working at places, even like, you know, staff at places. And then if I was doing freelance, was able to do freelance and, and doing that on the side, um, I wasn't really posting anything. Cause like, you know, I was just like busy, you know, taking care of stuff that was going on at work and stuff like that. It wasn't until, um, at one of my last staff gigs that, um, one of my coworkers, you know, she was just very talented illustrator and she had a like professional account for her illustrative stuff and you know she was the one who kind of convinced me to like you know create like a separate like business profile so to speak for like my artwork and uh yeah i had never really put anything like like that out there other than like my website and so sort of like all right what the heck i guess this is what everyone's doing so (laughs) yeah so i did it so i started out on instagram posting stuff that like you know I knew I was able to share that had like wrapped up from the staff right. places that I was working at, um, and you know, giving credit where credit was due and everything, mm-hmm. and um, you know, would post that, those things. Any personal projects that I was working on, you know, I'd just throw that there too. If I was following along with the tutorial and learned something new, like I would share that. Um, but um, I joined Twitter like around the time when I kind of went off on my own. Um, and that's when I really felt like I really started to like meet a lot of people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, at least sharing work on Instagram, you know, it was kind of just like a mini portfolio, so yeah. to speak. Right, um, yeah. you really didn't get to like, feel like that camaraderie or camaraderie or community until I got onto Twitter. And that's when I really like started to discover all these, like just talented people in our industry and and everyone's so nice like it's just been so yeah i'm so grateful for like everyone that i've met like on twitter and instagram because it's just so much fun like interacting with everybody learning about everybody's backgrounds mm-hmm. how they got into the industry what their specialty is um right because yeah i mean there have been times when i haven't been able to take on jobs and i you know just kind of through knowing people i've been like oh, well, I know I can't do this for, for you right now, but I know somebody else who specializes in this, and I'd be happy to give you their contact information. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. So, yeah. Do you, do you feel like the social media presence is more valuable from a networking point of view or from a, a getting clients' point of view? Because me personally, I don't feel like we've gotten a lot of client clients from mm-hmm. the social media posts, but from other people in the industry who have seen those social media posts. Yeah. Uh, I feel like maybe for me, it's like 50-50. Like, I would say that in regards to getting client stuff, um, it's just like a snowball effect. Like, if somebody discovers you there and you do a good job, then that Mm -hmm. could, you know, just become then a word of mouth sort of like, you know, generator Mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, But really, I, I feel like I, you know, use social media for the community part, you know, just to interact with other people. Mm-hmm. Are you on any you, Slack groups or Discords or anything, or is it exclusively Twitter? Uh, no, I'm on Discord. So Discord, I'm like relatively new to too. So, uh-huh. um, uh, who is it? Uh, James and Alex. They mm-hmm. um, introduced me to Pixel People, so I'm on the Discord Pixel People's group. <laughs> That's cool. And they have a, a lot of like great channels that I participate in there. Um, Slack, I would say that like, you know, any job that I'm working on, if I'm like helping out a studio, you know, like I'll be a part of their Slacks temporarily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like larger Slack communities, um, trying to think like, 
I've I've dipped in and out of like Grayscale Gorillas every once mm-hmm. in a while. The Futures every once in a while. Sure. Um, you know they just have like a ton of ours. channels. Yeah, I gotta add you to ours to dip in and out yeah. of. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people in there. Yeah, we got like yeah. a thousand a people and maybe yeah. twenty people, fifty people actually talk all all the time. <laughs> it's more than that, and actually, actually, what's funny is I get these little reports, and I'll look in there. There's a lot of it, it doesn't show you what they are, obviously, but it does show you like the the activity in private messages, mm-hmm. and I think oh, it's yeah. really sim- uh, really easy to what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Anyway, I, I, I look at these and I break down the numbers and I look and say, okay, where is it compared to other months and all of that? And where are the dips? Because it kind of gives me an understanding of like where the industry is, I think, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially when you look and you see the dips that happen in the summer. Because it's like, okay, everybody's slow in the summer because you see like everyone's on vacation, mm-hmm. they're logged out, whatever. But I'm noticing that like the amount of messages that flow through DMs in our Slack is very high. And I think what's mm-hmm. going on is a lot of these relationships are, are happening in the Slack, and then people start doing business. Yeah. You know, in, in there, direct There are some days where I'm looking at our analytics right now for the Slack, and there are some days where there are more direct messages sent than actual yeah. like messages sent in all of our channels in the Slack interesting so I'm, I'm assuming what's going on there in this direct messages is that people are actually like connecting to the point where they're able to do business so yeah. that's that's nice um something that pedro said in the chat was uh we you know, we were talking about the um oh, and i'll have to look it's he's on twitch for some reason so <laughs> i lost the thing but he said he said what is considered success mm-hmm you know, what is considered success in our industry? Is it work-life balance? Is it making a living? You know, what is it? And I think different people have different answers to that. Mm-hmm. But what would you say that, quote-unquote, success would be for you as a, as a contractor? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if this is cliche to say or not, but I would say it's happiness. Like, what... What brings you happiness? Is it like having a enormous amount of wealth? Is it having work-life balance? Is it having, um, I don't know, like a million vacation homes? I'm just like spitballing here. I mean, you know, <laughs> Can it but be like all of the above, <laughs> or, or it could be all of the above exactly. Um, so you know, yeah, I think it really comes down to like you know what makes you happy. For me, you know, it's you know spending time with my husband. It's uh, spending time with our families and friends and vacationing. And I love what I do for a living. I love motion design. Like mm-hmm. I tell him all the time. I was just like, I can't see myself doing anything else. Like you know, I see myself doing this for a really long time. And so like so even just motion design makes me happy. Working on projects with great groups of people makes me happy. So. Um, I agree. Yeah, that's what it is for me. But I know that that is such a loaded question and it could be different for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I saw because... this I saw this really stupid uh, like little quote at Jimmy John's yesterday that <laughs> says, like, what is what is success or something like that? And it said success is what your kids will how your kids will talk about you. And I'm like, yeah, but what if what if you're a great parent and your kids actually just hate you? What if they're spoiled brats? <laughs> like, is that success? No. You're like, what if my kid's an asshole? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm going to run to the restroom real quick. Sorry. Okay. Wish you would. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of quotes. It's really funny because sometimes those cheesy quotes are actually like, they actually are helpful in, For sure. in, in a weird way. You know, you're like, I know this is cornball, but right. you know, um, one of the, I got this thing on Etsy or somewhere. It's a, I need to frame it. I've got it sitting here and it's a quote from, um, from Futurama in the episode where Bender is, I don't know if you've watched, did you ever watch that show? I didn't. No. Uh, there, there's an episode where Bender floats, is floating through space for some reason. I don't remember how he got there, but he's like lost in outer space and this whole, uh, society evolves and forms on his belly, this little mini society. And he's like, they're God. And, uh, yeah, the whole society ends up crumbling, and he's by himself floating, floating through space, and he meets this uh, nebula that may or may not be God or something. I don't know what it is. But the, the quote is, and, and I'm, I'm, I can't see it from here, so I'm, I've got to look it up to say it exactly, because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, if you do everything, hold on. Just on the fly here. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> when you do things right, people won't be sure you've done anything at all. I had to make sure I got that exactly right. When you when you do things right, people won't be sure you've done anything at all. And that's, to me, like, I want that on my gravestone. Seriously. <laughs> um, but that's one of those quotes to me that's always been inspirational, even though it's a little cornball. Um, and something else that, that's kind of cornball and kind of self-help-ish or whatever is somebody on TikTok the other day was saying um, when you want to talk about success and you want to talk about happiness, the first thing you do is imagine yourself walks through the door right now and it's maybe a future version of yourself and they are the best version of yourself. And they're going to tell you all about what that best version of their self is. What would they say? You know, when, when that person walks through the door, the best version of you, they're successful. Well, why are they successful? Uh, oh, they're in shape. Oh, they're in shape. Okay, so obviously you that's something you want to concentrate on. And I know it's like super corny, right, just to just think about that. But it really did make me stop and think. That's, the ver that's what I'm striving for, right? right? But sometimes you don't think about that. You, you're just, you get lost in your day-to-day, -day and you forget what your goal is. Um. So measuring success can be so weird. Oh, um, for sure. Something else Pedro said too is, is, is it work-life balance? Is that what it is? And like you said, is it, is it happiness? There's, there's so many ways to, uh, to measure it. For me, uh, it's about being comfortable, paying the bills. You know, it's not necessarily, yeah, if I had 10 vacation houses, yeah, I, I would consider that successful as well. <laughs> However... These days, in these times, in COVID times, <laughs> all I really want is to be able to pay the bills. That, exactly. That's, that's really it right now, right? Exactly. Um, so, um, has it has it been successful for you in, in that way? Are you feeling like you're able to kind of balance things? Um, is there more work involved as a contractor? There's definitely more work involved. Um, I there's There's the administrative end of it. There's the creative end of it. I actually like both sides of it. So, you Same. know, kind of the whole entrepreneurial, 
entrepreneurial pursuit of the whole thing too is like just really fascinating to me. I love learning about how to sort of like, you know, establish yourself as a business, but also doing the creative. I love designing and I love storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we just, we live in a world where there, we have however many people are on this planet, that many stories, like unique stories, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that everybody's got a story to tell. Um, so I like both sides of it, but it is a lot of work. And, you know, I think for myself, the way that I really try to structure it down so that I don't burn out and can still enjoy work-life balance is like, you know, I really just try my best to prioritize things. And I really take, I take productivity, you know, um, I really try to make that an important part of what I'm trying to do day to day, week by week, month by month, year by year. Because there's I, some people who really don't like the administrative side of it yeah, at all. Yeah, I'm sure. And, yeah. <laughs> if, if you're going to be a contractor, you're going to have to deal with that. And you're going to sure. have to deal with – I mean, even Matt and I you know, sit down to talk to the accountant the other day, and my, my, my brain just glazes – like, I'm just like, oh, I hate accounting stuff. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it, but I have to. Uh, do you uh, – like, how? do you feel like there is a certain type of person that is really built – like, for example – I'm a very outgoing person. You know, I love to talk to people. When I'm at an event, I'm all over the place. Just seeing who I can chat with and blah, 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 being schmoozy, Matt, and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's like, do you do you think there's a certain type of person that does well as a freelancer because they're a bit more outgoing or a bit more, you know, willing to jump extroverted. in extroverted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know, versus like, I, I, I don't know. Like are extroverted people more successful. That's not, that, that's not what I'm trying to say. It's like, you know, something like that. I feel like it's a combination of both, though, because I feel like, you know, if you if you formed relationships with people in the past, right, and they and you're more introverted in mm-hmm. general, but you're you know, you, you do beautiful work and yeah. you people know you because of that beautiful work. It doesn't matter whether you're mm-hmm. introverted or extroverted, like you're going to be known for like, you know, this person did a good job. They helped me out, gave me peace of mind. Like, you know, they're valuable to me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the there's also the extroverted introvert right <laughs> i would consider myself that i, I, stream, like I, stream, I don't want to talk to anybody yeah yeah well, yeah <laughs> you're 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 very quiet when we're out at uh meetups and stuff like that you know but you get you on the show or you get you in front of a microphone like you are talking non-stop <laughs> you get uh you get a couple beers in me then i'll <laughs> yeah. just <go> <laughs> yeah no filter. Mm. Hashtag no filter. Yeah. Okay. So, um, when it comes to accounting, when it comes to administrative stuff, you like that. What what advice would you give to people uh, who are starting out? Also, maybe don't like doing that kind of stuff. Where where are some good resources? Like, how did you learn to do booking, book or bookkeeping, yeah. invoicing, <laughs> that kind of thing? Is it is it like the rest of us who just seat of our pants or yeah it's it's a combination of seat of the pants but also like learning from all the resources that are out on the internet too i i there is so much that you can just pull up that exists out there for free Mm -hmm. uh like the future has been like just like such a resource over the past few years Mm -hmm. learning new things from chris and all the guys over there Mm -hmm. um have you read you know have you read corn men's book 
Joey Kornman's yeah, book. From yes. School of Motion. Yeah. Another yeah. great, that's a huge race resource. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of these things. Um, and then just like books that I've read over the years. Um, one book that like really helped with productivity a lot um, was The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, mm-hmm. And he always talks about, you know, like plot out, you know, like what your aspirations and goals are for the year, years from now. And, you know, take, you know, the one big thing that you can do today to sort of push you towards that. I try, you know, and I try to do that one step further, you know, day to day with tasks of sort of like saying, you know, okay, what are the three things that I would love to get done today if I can? Mm-hmm. Um, but within those three things, what is the most important thing for me to get done today? And mm-hmm. then the rest I can move off to tomorrow if I have to do that. Um, so, and I just, I use this thing called, um, it's from intelligent change. It's called a productivity planner. And so that's how I sort of like manually do it for myself. Um, but still using Gary Keller's concept of like, you know, okay, just, maximize each day as best as you can so that you're not burning yourself out, but you're still working towards your goals. I like that. It's, it's, it's similar to envisioning that future version of yourself walking through the door. Yeah. In that, you know, what, what your goals are. Cause you're going to, you're going to see that person, obviously. Um, Jeff says, Oh, Gary V's book, uh, crush it. That's, yeah. that's a good one. That's a quick read. Yeah. It's only like 90 pages or yeah. something, right? Like, that's a good one. That was super motivational for me. I know that mm-hmm. like the self-help space and all that can get a little corny, cheese ball, a little bit uh unproductive, mm-hmm. I think sometimes. It's like it's almost like if you if you watch and listen to too much productivity business inspirational yeah. Like it's almost overkill. Yeah. Um, for sure. You kind of start to hearing the same things over and over again. Um but there is a bit of that, I think, that if you if you have it in the right doses, it's it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like the Bender quote or whatever. Right. But um, everything so, in balance, right? Like that's what they right. say about health and you know uh, those types of things. Like everything in balance. You know, right. learn learn <laughs> learn when you want to learn, but also like enjoy like the now. Like enjoy creating what you're creating right now. Enjoy mm-hmm. everything outside of you know the motion design world. And yeah, one of my questions, I guess this is this is a toughie, but um, one of my questions has been, you know, some people will say, okay, well, you're working too hard because you're working X number of hours a day, right? And when it comes to work-life balance, you definitely need work-life balance. But sometimes I find myself in a situation where there literally isn't anything else to do <laughs> yeah. except to go watch some more Netflix or TikTok or to sit down here and do something productive I would or fun say, or valuable. So I would still call that work-life balance because, you know, the thing about our industry is this isn't just a job. It's also a hobby for me, you know, because... right. How many, like, it's like, to me, it's like, okay, so if a painter is a painter, right? Like, I'm sure they enjoy painting, right? They don't, they don't necessarily see it as a job per se, you know, but yes, it's their way of making income. Sure. But they still do it because they, they love painting. That's, that's what we're doing too. It's just, you know in digital format in a 3d space instead of a 2d space you know like 
sometimes it is great to unwind while making something, you know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And some sometimes some of the little tasks are actually fun if you can like mm-hmm. you know like Arya says you listen to a podcast while you rotoscope or something right um but i i think a lot of people will either measure um if you're working too much or if you're working not enough based on the amount of hours you're spending and i think it's it's not as cut and dry as the amount of hours you're spending right right, right so right. like yeah. the fact that i probably average 12 to 15 hours a day mm-hmm. working quote unquote working yeah i mean sitting at the desk doing something right yeah. um is because i choose to do that right and i i would hope that nobody would ever feel like oh well he's working all of these hours and i'm not mm-hmm. so therefore i'm not doing enough no if if you have something you should be doing and you're not working, that's understandable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, w- I would not say, like, oh, you only work eight hours a day and you cut it off at four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Well, you're not working hard enough. Right. Like For it, some people, work-life balance is five hours a day of work and right. then the rest, you know. Right. Yeah, but it's about what you're doing in that time. And then after all of that comes out in the wash, it's, it's about are you happy? Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy if there's nothing to do and the, my choice is I'm either going to sit on the couch or in bed and watch Netflix and TikTok or I could go do that. If those are my only choices at the time, I'm going to most likely pick this unless I'm super exhausted or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go up here and I'm going to work on this. I'm going to go open Photoshop. I'm going to go learn. I'm going to do a tutorial. I'm going to go look at my to-do list and see if there's anything that I could knock out now. Um, I'm going to go try and organize my to-do list and that's all I'm going to do. So at least my brain is like, you know what? Everything's in order for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo in the chat says, agreed. I watch tutorials slash explore new software when I relax and my girlfriend hates it. (laughs) Right. It's true. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like if if that's your thing and that's what you're loving, then that's perfect. You know, And Mm -hmm. and that's what you're there for. Now, if you're working 15 hours a day, and you hate it and you're yeah. exhausted well then obviously that's not it's not the same thing for you and that's why i'm saying like you shouldn't feel bad it's like what are you gonna go oh uh, i'm only working eight hours a day that i hate um <laughs> if i not working 10 to 15 hours a day that i hate mm-hmm. then maybe then i'm doing better like it, it i i would hope that everybody in this industry is doing what they want to do yeah and they're here because this is what they like to do. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little different if you go to an industry like, um, oh, I don't know. Accounting? <laughs> Maybe. But some My brother's like an accountant. Yeah, he hates you know. it. He hates and it. And he only yeah. started. He, just, he yeah. just got his master's in accounting, went into accounting, and he's like, I don't really like accounting. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I, I'm pretty sure that most people that get into this industry get into this industry because they realize that they like it, right? Mm-hmm. They might be in another industry. They're like, man, this Photoshop thing, the Cinema 4D thing is pretty fun. I, I, I think that's why in our industry most people that are doing this actually like it. Um, but then you got the people that go to school for accounting. And they're like, well, I spent all this money in four years in college and I don't like this, but I got to do it now because I'm, I'm locked in. Um, all that to say, mm-hmm. I don't even know where all this is going, but um, <laughs> hopefully everybody is able to do what they love. Pedro Pedro says success means rendering a sequence long enough that it allows you to do the laundry. I love that. That's true. <laughs> 
That's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I went any. I don't know if I if I uh, helped anybody with that rant, but yeah, you know. If there's right. any advice that I could give, it would be <laughs> to check out Pepsi Zero Sugar Mango. <laughs> Gross. That sounds so disgusting. It's better than you think. I wish Pepsi would just keep uh, uh, Mountain Dew Zero in stock. They can't seem to keep it in stock. It's the best thing I've ever drank. Anyway. 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 <laughs> Back to you, Caroline. Back to you, Caroline. Um, all right, so so we've covered a lot of the uh, work life balance yeah. stuff. I think. Have you done um, any? Have you done any? Yeah. Like uh, talk about your your works, uh, like and, and personal yeah. work or like shorts or anything like that. I I work on personal stuff when I have the time, um, mm-hmm. but that's it's it's it comes few and far between. Yeah. Uh, recently, so it's like every little minute that I can dedicate to it. Um, well, it's like what we were just talking about, though, too, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I want to dedicate time to you know some personal pieces, but at the same time, you know, yeah, there's administrative stuff to take care of, or like mm-hmm. set right. stuff up for like a, a client gig for the following week or something like that. Sure. So do you do you do you break it up? Like, do you have like a a structured time and say like this is admin time, this is work time, this is daily time? Yeah, I, um, so when I'm on a client gig, like most of the time is dedicated to, you know, helping them out and getting their stuff out the door. Um, every Sunday, like in the morning, I'll wake up a little early and I'll just sort of plan my week out. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like super OCD, but it just really helps me set my week up. Um, and that's what I do. I'll plot out like, you know, okay, like, you know, what are the biggest things I need to take care of this week? Oh, this, this, right. and this. Okay, fine. How do I spread this out over the week? And then once that's done or, you know, however I want to prioritize that, like, what do I do with the free time? And yeah. sometimes that's uh, personal pieces or it's, you know, mm. like someone else is saying in the chat, like, you know, learning about some new stuff. Like I've been wanting to understand aces for the longest time. And I feel like I constantly yeah. say, I'm like, okay, this week I'm going to try to understand this. And it's yeah. always on the back burner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the pieces, all the people who are very, uh, vocal about aces i, I swear 90 percent of the people on the internet who who talk about aces don't even know what aces is they just <laughs> want to make sure that their software uses aces that's funny that's in funny case they ever decide to learn how to use it um so <clears throat> do you ever feel uh, like what do you ever feel like if you're not working on a client thing during the day that it feels off. This is like really weird to me. I don't know if you feel the same way, and I'll ask the chat this too. It, let's say that you get up at 9 or 10 a.m. and it's quote-unquote business hours, right, for mm-hmm. the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like if you decide to do a daily that morning that you're like not working because it's like the wrong time to be doing it? I don't think or is so. it just me? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, as long as it's like helping you learn something new or it's something that you just like really wanted to do and like to express something then you know yeah i I guess yeah what you know what do you label work necessarily right Right. you know i think that maybe it comes down to that but um no i really if i'm not on a client gig like during the week I, i know that i have stuff that is like keeping me busy again helping me figure out like you know like okay i want to create this thing by such and such date so let me put in some time this week and like it, it still feels like a regular work day. Mm-hmm. I could it's not weird. imagine doing a daily first thing in the morning. Gosh, like, 
my brain just does yeah. like i feel like if i'm gonna do it daily it like i almost have to it has to start like or after lunch you know <laughs> or or <laughs> like, at, in the like evening, my brain has like to get moving reason. and stuff like that <laughs> isn't that weird like yeah. i know that it's like that it's all arbitrary time is time it's like there's only so much of it and you can only work you know you, you, you're either gonna do a four-hour daily here, or you're going to do it here. But I don't know why I feel yeah. like I, I just cannot get up in the morning and work on something creative. It's it's yeah. email, and it's it's almost like you Zoom see calls. Uh, a people posting his dailies at like eleven thirty at night, <laughs> right? Like doing a daily at nine a.m. <laughs> might be There's too like much. No real reason <laughs> for it, except. That's just how society decided how it is. Is yep. that you're going to do work during the? I don't know. I don't. I don't know why I feel that way. But it's so hard for me even to do a tutorial. Yeah. And say, oh, you're going to do this tutorial on Tuesday at three p.m. Right. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> even though you do schedule those, I do schedule, and I you have ignore- to schedule them <laughs> in order them. to do them. Yeah, I for the most part I do them. It's just that the problem is again it comes back to like how my brain thinks about these things. Where if I had a tutorial scheduled for Tuesday at three, mm-hmm. a client thing comes along and my brain says, you know what, this is a client thing. It's more important. It's mm-hmm. during the day. You should not be working on a tutorial at three p.m. You need yeah. to move that to tonight, and you look yeah. at it tonight, and you email those people back at three p.m. instead. Or yeah, you know, a, a meeting comes up, and I purposely move that thing. I don't know why my brain feels like certain things have higher priorities. Should yeah? Do, do you feel like that is the case, or should you? Would you stay the course and do that tutorial at three <laughs> and take care of the client at six p.m. <laughs> I would probably take care of the client thing too, like you were saying, yeah. um, just because like I, like you were saying, you know, I would just, I would prioritize it <clears throat> over the, over the tutorial. Because when somebody sends you an email, you know what their expectation is, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's like, this person is going to read my email in five minutes and they're going to email me back five minutes later. That's their mm-hmm. expectation. Right, You're, you you assume that's what a client's expectation. You you would is. hope, because what happens if you don't? If somebody emails you at noon and you don't answer them by the end of the business day, what's going to go through their head the next day? Oh, mm-hmm. they didn't get my email, or they didn't read my email, or they don't care enough because they yeah. didn't check their email, right? <clears throat> and it's a hard thing to let go of, mm-hmm. and say, uh, uh, an example: Matt and I got an email cold call. Uh, Friday at 3 p.m. They answered back after I emailed them back in five minutes, but I didn't answer them until this morning. Mm -hmm. I didn't get back to them on that until this morning. Like, it is so hard to take that part of my brain that's saying, you need to answer this by the end of the day or else the whole thing's going to, you're going to blow the deal. You're going to blow the deal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, gosh, that's, it's so tough. Do you, are the people on the other end of the conversation really that anal or is it all in my head? It's probably all in your head. And if they are that <laughs> anal, you don't want to work with them anyway. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> I stress because I care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's just all these random things that like 
I'm a, I'm a motion designer. All these random things go through my head. Sometimes I wonder if other people feel the same way. I'm sure they do. You know, I'm sure they do. We all have these worries. We all have, we're all going through the COVID thing. We're all sitting in front of our computers <sighs> every day thinking, when is this going to end? Yep. When am I going to get to go to a meetup? Yep. Again. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I, there's all these, I feel like internal struggles that every single person in our industry right now is dealing with. Yep. You know, because you've got what's going on in the world. You got what's going on in your personal life. You got what's going on in the MoGraph industry. Mm-hmm. And then you open Instagram and everybody somehow managed to do a daily yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Except for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, <laughs> what a loser. Right. right. <laughs> and that goes through your head, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you, what you, you have to understand also, you know, they also didn't post a TikTok for MoGraph.com or, you know, edit a little bit of a course for MoGraph.com or, you well, know. Right. But in general, <laughs> it's like, not that I don't know. It's just that feeling still comes up. Do yeah. you get that? Do you get that feeling when you when you open Instagram and you see other people's art? Like, not FOMO. What's, yeah. What am I looking it's, for? Uh, no, I, I, I was game. I was talking to Nick this morning. I was like, Nick, I should start doing NFTs again. You know, because like I enjoyed I enjoyed like as stressful as it was to like feel like oh man I need to hop on this train. You know, now that that feeling's over, it's like. I mm-hmm. it, now I'm not thinking. Oh, I should do a daily. I think to myself, oh, I should do something, make some art again, and sell it as an NFT. Sure, some, real, some you know, art that but, means something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You know, like that's yeah. the part and of I, me that's in my brain. And I'm asking the audience, and I'm asking rhetorically, kind of, but mm-hmm. I'm also asking you, Caroline. Like, what? Like, how do you feel when you see the feeds? Do you get that that feeling? Like, oh, I need to be doing more dailies or or just more work in general yeah yeah i definitely i feel like at the end of the day when i like log off you know that's it's a bad habit but you know i'm sure at the end of the day i'm sort of like oh time to jump on my phone while i'm watching tv so it's like screen Mm -hmm. after screen right yeah but um you know yeah you hop on your phone and you're like just kind of checking in with like well what's been going on today and you see all this like amazing art and you're sort of like Oh my god! I need to keep up with this and this. I co- constantly feel like I'm behind. Like I'm always. I feel like I'm always playing catch up, which is mm-hmm. fine because I guess it's like a little motivational in a way. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like yeah, you're like wow. Like I need to like learn how to do this, and I need to learn this, and I need to create more artwork. But then I, I've recently, you know, over the past year, just been like, you know what? Like have come to understand that, especially Instagram. It's such a highlight reel of like uh, it is, yeah. what everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of remind yourself <laughs> that like everyone's just posting their best and who knows when they created that or who knows like what they've been doing today. Um, so once you can kind of like get out of that mindset of like not comparing what you're doing to what other people are doing, um, it really does lift a weight off your shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. you can just focus on yourself and your family and, you know, your immediate little area. Yeah. Totally. It's it's the it's the fact that the collective of MoGraph makes it feel like everybody's posting a daily, mm-hmm. and they're For not. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Ten percent a day, maybe ten percent of your feed will post a daily every day if they're mm-hmm. doing dailies, right? And then the next day, the other ten percent, and one of those days, it's you in the ten percent, right? But it makes it feel like 
all the dailies are happening every day. It's so hard, it's so hard to just release that. And I'm not really big into doing dailies anymore, but it's just like, I think maybe just learning in general, right? Um, right. I'm not going to ask how old you are, but <laughs> um, something else that, that is on my mind is where does this go in the future? Where, you know, like Ryan Summers said at Camp MoGraph last year, you know, nobody's retired from MoGraph yet, so we don't know what that looks like. Of course, now we kind of yeah. know what it could look like. Thanks, people. Yeah. Well, um, here's the thing. I was talking to Mike the other day, and it's like, <laughs> oh, is, tell, tell no, him, oh my gosh, tell him what he said. So funny. This is so yeah, okay. funny. So when I when I sold my Beeple, when I sold my Beeple, is you this, know, for a, a fair amount of money, right? Okay. He, him, and I were chatting on Messenger, and he goes, "I better not see you rolling up in some new Tesla or something like that," you know. <laughs> and so I was chatting with him, you know. And I was like, dude, I'm building a pool. And he's like, what? I am going to kick you in the crotch next time I see you. <laughs> I told you not to do that. I said, yeah, dude, but don't worry. Like, it's not like I'm in debt or anything. I don't have any debt, you know? He's like, you're supposed to save that money. <laughs> and so he said, I, I said, oh, come on. You you haven't splurged a- at all with all the money you've made? And he said, you know, wh- you know, what, uh, you know what I bought? I bought a new Toyota Camry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, okay, okay. I'm like, but no, that dude. Seems this about right. like but, Mike yeah. is busier than ever now because he's right. running his own businesses and stuff like that. You know, no, no one's gonna retire from this. We're all gonna, I don't know, maybe, maybe well, some, some will retire. My question for you would be, where where do you see this going for you in the <laughs> next ten, fifteen, twenty years? And do you feel? Do you feel like your your plan will change as you get older? Like, where do you feel yourself fitting in to this industry? And in, let's say, let's make it a long time. Let's make make it twenty years. Twenty years from now. Mm-hmm. Twenty years from now. I mean, mm-hmm. I would love to. You know, we've been talking. You know, come to come back full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been talking about like you know, okay, like what advice would you give? Um, motion designers starting out wanting to venture off into their own freelance um, endeavors. Um, You know, 20 years from now, I think it would be really great to be in a position to um, give people opportunity at motion design jobs and gigs and stuff like that. Um, I love the creative stuff, but I, I think what really draws me the most to the work that we do in this, you know, industry in this collective of people is just, interacting with everyone else in the industry, just forming those connections, making friends. I mean, I feel like half the stuff I did my whole life was whether it was playing sports or being part of some organization or, you know, even just like doing motion design was like the fact that I was going into an office or I was going to a sports team and hanging out with friends. Like, that's Mm -hmm. all I want to do. Like, I want to create and I want to be with like just great people creating together. So 20 years from now, if I could create that opportunity, I think that's where I would love to be. Um, just hanging out with people, creating stuff and, you know, helping people tell stories or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, create something that's they're picturing in their mind that they want to get out into the world. Um, so that's what I would love to do. Yeah. I feel like other industries, there's always this thing where like, oh, well that person's old, you know, so they're not as relevant anymore. (laughs) Right. Like that's the whole, and 
I don't know where that is with MoGraph because it's not an old enough industry yet, but there's still that fear with me that, oh, you know, you're 40 now. You're not going to learn anything else, right? You're, you're not, you're going to be that guy where they're like, he doesn't know how to do, you know, advanced AI particle (laughs) simulations on this new platform. That will be me because I'll be the 50 year old who doesn't have time to learn that stuff. That's and and I don't know where this goes in MoGraph because it just it's not an old enough industry yet, and that's always my fear of the future. It's like okay, do do I need to be learning this stuff? Do I need to be learning this new thing on the side mm-hmm. or whatever it is to keep up, or is what I'm doing enough because I'm going this other route and it's irrelevant at this point, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe uh, I, if I need to do advanced AI particle simulations, I can just call up somebody else yeah you know uh do i need to learn unreal do i need to you know and so that's why i bring up the age thing because sometimes it's like am i gonna be cut out for this in 10 years 50 years 20 years yeah yeah so anyway (laughs) (laughs) we're just going off on tangents left and right because we had like nothing uh listed for topics you know um what uh, what projects are you working on right now? Like moving mm-hmm. forward, do you do you have? Uh, are you doing a short? Are you looking to get into NFTs? Are you are you mm-hmm. going to work on? Are, you know, do you have any projects that you can talk about that are mm-hmm. coming up? And, uh, um, and I'll be right back. I use Restream <laughs> as well. I'm trying to think projects that are that are coming up. I don't know off the top of my head whether I can talk about them or not. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I've been, so there's one project that I've been working on. Um, whenever I've had the free time. Um, I love, I love title design. I'm sure like every other motion designer in this industry loves it too. And so like, that's like a dream job of mine is to like work on like one in film or, you know, for Mm -hmm. a Netflix show or a a comedian special on Netflix or something. I love those comedy specials that they always have. Um, so I read, uh, bad blood last year. Okay. Uh, during COVID. Um, and I thought it was a phenomenal book. Like the, I never heard the story about it until uh-huh. I read it. And I was just like, just mind blown by the whole thing. What's it about? Um, it's about that, um, company Theranos, you know, uh, Oh God, what's her name? I'm drawing a blank on it now. Elizabeth Holmes, I think is her last name. Okay. And so she formed this company years ago where like she was, I guess like selling a device that could like do like really quick, like, blood sampling and like tell you like you know give you a whole read up on your blood or whatever okay but it's completely fraudulent and so there's like a journalist who kind of like wrote this book called bad blood and it's like his account with you know other people who kind of came forward about what was going on inside the the company um and it was just it was a book i couldn't put down because it it Mm -hmm. felt like it was like it was nonfiction, but a thriller like it, it was a really good book um and I know there have been countless documentaries about the whole uh, situation, too. So I'm sure there are title designs, so to speak, out there for these shows that exist about it. But I was like, I kind of want to create like a fictional one for like a yeah. fictional thing. So that's what I've been working on in my downtime is like, you know, it's a lot of, you know, 3D modeling and mm-hmm. compositing and VFX. And like I've storyboarded stuff out. I've worked on a couple of style frames for it. Um but, you know, still figuring out, like, the best ways to sort of, like, do some of the shots. Like, do I need to do the completely 
you know, practical effects route where you have to like really rig something up. Sure. Or can I achieve this in Cinema 4D or After Effects or a combination of the two? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm working on uh, in between cool. client stuff and, you know, everything else. Let me ask you this. How how long, uh, when you got out of college and you went to work in broadcast, how long were you working in broadcast? I would say that I've been largely working in broadcast. So my first job out of school, I was in a post-production house called Pixel Dust Studios. Okay. Um, And so a lot of the clientele was like Discovery, National Mm -hmm. Geographic, those types of shows. And so we were doing a lot of the graphics packages for those things, doing a lot of the interstitial graphics in the shows as well. Um, When I came back up to New Jersey after being down there for like a year, um, that's when I kind of got into like the day day of air kind of like broadcast environment right 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 sure and i was in there i was doing that for like the longest time and then somehow like switched into like still staying within like broadcast television but then more so on like the marketing or advertising end of it sure okay um so i've been pretty much in broadcast for like the most part do i was gonna say because like talking about your love of title design you know i feel like having a background in because in broadcast, you know, definitely lends itself well to that. Like Dave and I used to work at a company together where we were doing logos, you know, flying in logos and stuff like that. And that became, you know, something that we truly loved doing and got really good at it and were able to do those really quickly, you know. Um but yeah, I that definitely was actually gonna be my question. I definitely yeah, it, understand in, the 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 love for title design, especially having a broadcast background. In sure. doing those dailies, like or you know, d- daily things that had to be done like real quick on the fly and all of that. Did did that give did that repetitiveness give you? Do you feel like it gave you an edge as far as like mm-hmm. being able to do stuff quickly? I don't know if it felt like it like gave me an edge. It was really just more so an opportunity to like just like have some more familiarity with like the different tools that are in cinema 4d and you know after effects just kind of you know working myself to like a quick deadline but i mean yeah like that's what broadcast is though at the same time especially when you go to more of the like day of air end Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. um you know it's really like quick turnaround stuff that has to be done for that day because stories are breaking constantly Mm -hmm. um especially in like broadcast news and that's what i was in for um a large part of it as well but for the stuff that I was doing in the post house, you know, um, you know, we had, I forget how long we would have for those types of things, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're putting together lower thirds and interstitial right. graphics, which are always kind of specialized and you're working mm-hmm. on like, you know, a show opener. So I think that's really where I did kind of fall in love with like the title design stuff because mm-hmm. the show openers were always just like really cool, like doing flashy stuff. And it was sure. always a combination of, I mean, at the time, like Real Flow and uh, mm-hmm. Maya and After Effects and Nuke and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with skeletal. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. 
groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. I feel like the, the fast-paced stuff has really helped me in the past to, to really just... You know what tools you can use. Like, if, if you're doing a fast-paced thing and you got to do something you've never done before, like, uh, I don't know... You got to do like a liquid sim or something. That's not going to fly, right? Yeah. It's like no, this is day of. It's not time to learn something new. You got to, yeah. you got to go. Um, that helped me really lock in. Just my, um, it helped me lock in the repetitiveness of ten thousand uh-huh. hours of doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, because you do it. Also, every you learn. Day. You learn where and when you can cheat. You know, as right. well. You know, right. that's a big thing. Right. Yeah. yeah so. There's something fun about that fast pace day of mm-hmm. you know some of the stuff that i did when i was on the road was like graphics packages for live shows and things mm-hmm. like you know arena shows or whatever it was always like you got to get in there that day yep. start setting up get your stuff running and do the graphics for it and be ready to go by 6 p.m when the doors open there is no yep getting around that and if you're doing a live show on tv it's the same thing right yep like if you work for the daily show you got to make those graphics that day mm-hmm. yep you know feels like that experience is very helpful like what i was saying earlier like if you're just getting out of college and you're going to go straight into uh freelance Mm -hmm. you may not get the opportunity to do something like that and do work in an environment where you get to learn when to cut corners yeah when to purposely cut corners for sure yeah yeah i'm also really bad about cutting corners like there are times in which i could just use stock footage and i'm like or or you know like fake a simulation when i'll actually go through and actually do a full simulation it's like why isn't this working the way i want it to oh because you're using actual particles stupid stuff that (laughs) right yeah uh like people who will try and um do a sim mm-hmm. for a quick one-time thing. Yeah. It's like, no, they can't get the sim right because it's not bouncing this way. It's like, why don't you just keyframe that bounce? Right, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or smoke. Oh, I need this smoke thing. I better do a big smoke render when in, I could really just use some stock footage and do an overlay, you know, right. in After Effects. <laughs> I'm real bad about that. When <clears throat> you're in 3D, specifically, what is your favorite thing to do? Like, so let's say you're Okay, you're doing titles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be probably some 2D, 2.5D, and there's going to be some 3D. What's your favorite thing to do in 3D? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to think now. Um, specifically in 3D, I would like maybe say... maybe not characters, right? Like not, right. Yeah. I would say more of, like, the MoGraphy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, a little bit of modeling... And then, you know, sort of using the MoGraph tools to kind of, like, push things or fly things or split things, you know, um, just kind of creating, like, dynamic interactions. Cool. Yeah, because I find myself finding an excuse to do something that I like in 3D at any 
given time. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm I'm if I'm real big right now into doing like cool like backlit lighting effects on a model and or some smoke. Then every client that calls, I'm like, you know what would be great for this is some yeah. backlighting and some, <laughs> some smoke. backlighting and some smoke. <laughs> um, so I was just curious what that was. Um, we've got some some Cinema 4D questions uh, that I thought maybe we could go through sure. and, and attempt to answer here. Do we have enough uh, time for that? Just curious. yeah, we got All right. we got time. We're All good. Right. Is, is everybody good on time? We're I have a hard out today. at like three thirty. Oh, because uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you're fine. <laughs> I have to replace the battery in my car really quick, and then go pick up my kid and get him to a uh, a doctor appointment. Oh, you're fine. So we, hopefully, we, it's I actually can... just three. It's three questions. Oh, cool. It's just three questions. All right, and then we got some links and other things. I've so. made three questions last hours before. Okay, well, we'll set a time Let's limit go. of five minutes <laughs> for each of these. I think some of them are going to be easy. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> These were Ricardo's questions that we didn't get to last week, mm-hmm. so, you know. Um, I ha- it says, I have simple topics uh, that if you like, you can talk about. Number one, uh, what do you prefer in presentations or tutorials or something, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you prefer... This is a great question. Do you prefer <coughs> a project breakdown or where you show the final result and then you kind of go back and explain the concept step by step. So here's an example. The tutorial I'm trying to finish recording right now, mm-hmm. it starts at, this is different than I've ever done a tutorial, right? Because you've seen my tutorials like that mm-hmm. I used to do years ago, uh, maybe. <laughs> um, and what I do is I go, I'll, I will say, here's how you do this thing. And I'll start from the beginning, and I'll go step by step by step by step by step until I'm to the end. This is different. This tutorial I'm doing, I start out in Turbulence FD. I show some of the main features of Turbulence FD that I think are important. I don't cover everything. And then I go to a project breakdown, and I say, here's how I use these things in this. But I don't show every single step because it would take hours to Mm -hmm. show all of that, right? So what what do y'all prefer in a tutorial i'll let caroline go first i was just gonna say i don't know if you want to go first or not (laughs) i think it well like you just said right um if it's there's a ton of steps involved like you'd rather just kind of like have them kind of walk you through it um i would say that i i actually kind of like when people break down a project because then you can kind of see like from start to finish you know Mm -hmm. how everything went but you know, if it's going to be like a five hour long tutorial, it's sort of like, well, I don't have five right. hours to really watch uh-huh. how you got to the end. So, yeah, my, it's like the my, practical use versus I need to know exactly how to mm-hmm. do this right now. Right. My favorite tutorials types of tutorials are when someone goes in and like shows you so say for example there's a step-by-step process that you need to go through instead of just saying okay first we're going to click here and then we're going to click here and then we're going to type 3.5678 right or you know and then we're going to do this i hate those what i like is when someone's going through and saying okay we're going to click this because this is what this does you know and then we're going to do this and this is what this does you know so you're not just 
going through and creating you're cre you're not just going through and creating the exact same thing that the you know the author is creating what you're doing you're doing is you're going through and learning about each individual thing so that you can then in the future make your own you know uh uh mm-hmm. thing similar you know you're learning about the 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 process instead of just this is how you make something you know yeah that's a good point there's if you go like let's say you go back to grayscale gorilla and you go do the seven up tutorial right and you do the little cherries and the original Mm -hmm. all you're gonna have in the end is that final product and you really don't want to put that on your reel you will have learned something that's Mm -hmm. for sure um i Definitely I think, don't put like, it on your reel. <laughs> yeah. When, when I watch the 3D motion show and I watch everybody at the 3D motion show, for the most part, they're doing breakdowns of stuff that they've already done, right? And they'll go to a certain part of it and say, okay, in this particular scene, there's an overlay of a graphic here. And here's how I did that little part. But they're not going to go through and do the entire project. They, they don't have five to ten hours to show you how they did that. I feel like it's it's good because you do see the practical applications of things. Mm-hmm. You know? sure. And then if you decide, oh, you know what? I understand why that's good practically. And that's probably a good thing for me to learn if I want to do this kind of thing. Maybe you go find another tutorial on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And people have done TFD tutorials a million times, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, I didn't specifically go out and say, oh, oh there's mm-hmm. a need for turbulence FD tutorials mm-hmm. because there's they're out there said i want to show people what i've learned how i do it what i think of it specifically and and how i use it practically um Mm -hmm. but there's of course ups and downs to both of those things but um yeah it's something i never never thought about before for the most part what would people prefer yeah there Um, is there is also the uh like I, I, I do like the idea of saying, you know, if someone's saying, we're going to mess with this setting, you know, here's what I use, this is what it does, you know, in, in instead of like, you know, like for you, for example, you know, the biggest thing for me is getting to understand what, why I'm doing those steps, you know, mm-hmm. like the more the why instead of what it should be, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there there's two there's two ways you're going to watch a tutorial. Mm-hmm. You're either going to be in a jam and you're trying to figure out exactly mm-hmm. how to do this one specific thing yep. and you're going to open the tutorial, skip to the part where they're yep. doing the thing, yep. and then be done. Or it's something where you're going to turn it on your TV and you're going to let it run while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So yeah. like three D motion shows on all day, you're gonna put on your TV and leave your TV on while you're doing yep. your emails and you're like, Oh, that's really good. and then you stop and you're like, Oh, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Um that's not watching Dave's tutorial on how to make espresso <laughs> turn right. your wheels exactly this specific way and these are the formulas. So right. that's something I've been pondering and you know, there's even the question is, what do you prefer in presentation? So mm-hmm. it's there's not there's no right or wrong answer to this. It's just mm-hmm. you know a breakdown of what those are. So let's go to the next one. Uh, why C4D? Okay, 
this is subjective, I guess. But uh, Ricardo says, why Cinema 4D is going more to the realist PBR, ArcViz, hyper-realistic animations, and less MoGraph cartoon illustrator EJ style. Now, I feel like that's a question... Well, that's a question that comes from what you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Like, I I don't see it going specifically that way. I mean, I I I get it. You go to the Octane facebook group that's what you're gonna see right you're gonna see uh you're gonna see ariev you're gonna see yeah uh rafael rao mm-hmm. they're doing these ultra realistic things i think if you are seeing more architectural mm-hmm. uh realistic stuff then it just might be a product of who you're following yeah yeah. It's that's yeah. one thing. Like so, when I got into cinema, my 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 ultimate goal was to create an interior scene that looked photoreal. You know, I felt like if you could pull off an interior scene that looked photoreal, you had made it. And <laughs> uh, uh, now, I wish that I had focused more on because. I don't care about that. Like, why would I want to do that the rest of my life? Like, right. what I would love to do with the rest of my my life is to make a billion dollars or a million dollars, <laughs> retire, and just make cartoons all day. And if I'm going to do cartoons, I'm not going to do photorealistic cartoons. Right. You know? I'm going to do cartoony cartoons. You know? It's like, I wish Cartoon I had cartoons. put... Yeah, I wish I had yeah. focused more on uh, the non-photorealistic looking stuff you know but yeah i really wish they would do something with like sketch and tune or bring in like a like right. a like a blender grease pencil type thing you know that would be mm-hmm. killer yeah <clears throat> well i'm i'm looking at your stuff right now for example on your instagram right mm-hmm. now i wouldn't call any of these like they're they're more illustrated than they are like photorealism architecture. Yeah. You know? right. And and you've done this stuff in uh Cinema four D. I love that, that Warheads uh, one. There are so <laughs> many a, of these that I absolutely love. Like the Nickelodeon <laughs> one too. Oh, love that one. And like Francisco says here in the chat, like you, you do get a lot more character stuff in Maya. That that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there there are specific things that the software um, that different pieces of software kind of would be like, I guess, considered their specialty. But see, all of this is is done, and this does have a more toony or graphic like feel. Mm-hmm. However, if you break <laughs> it down and you pay attention to some of the details in what you've done, like for example, this K, mm-hmm. right? It, it's it is like an illustrative thing. But you know, one of my questions would be, how did you make the the hair on that mm-hmm. now i don't know if that's hair or if that's cloners uh, how it's did hair. you make that it's, it's hair. hair yep so it's a very realistic looking hair um on a lot of the other things that you you've done here have elements of them that are realistic textures you know the lighting is more of a, a you know realistic lighting setup but it still is would be considered in my, in my mind to be something illustrative, even mm-hmm. even like with these these cloners here. So I think it's 
I really do think it's it has to do with who you're following. For sure. And 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 what you're surrounding yourself with. I think the tool um there's <laughs> in general, let's let's take regular tools for example. Um if you are in your garage and you're going to pick the right tool for the right job. Mm-hmm. Um you're going to pick a hammer if you need to, you know, hammer a nail into the wall, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Have you ever not had a hammer? All the time. I've used <laughs> the what, back what of a you... screwdriver before. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly my point. You can use different tools for different things in many yeah. different ways. Yep. You know, but some of them do lend themselves to being more convenient for certain things. Yeah. <laughs> like a hammer. Right. So, um, I guess we answered that question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. Any, anything more? Either no, I thought that was perfect. Or... Yeah, it was great, Dave. <laughs> All right. Uh, third question, last question. Um, why, this is interesting, why is Adobe not released an Android version of AI in Photoshop? It's not lack of compatibility. Do they just pay Adobe for exclusivity, I guess, on iPhone? I don't um, know. I really, yeah, I, I don't know enough I about didn't know that. there wasn't a version on Android. Probably because there's so many, so many different Android devices that it would be hard to. Would they not be compatible with all of them? I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. I wish I knew a little bit more about that question. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, is there? Are people doing even on the iPhone? Are people doing AI and Photoshop? Yeah. There's Photoshop on there. But the thing is, like, there are other apps that are so much, much better versed for the iPad. Procreate. You know, Procreate, exactly. (laughs) You know, that's better on the iPad than uh, Photoshop is, you know. Adobe hasn't cracked the code with some things, I think, on the tablet. Like After Effects. They They haven't cracked the code on After Effects yet. They even cracked the code on After Effects on the desktop. Let's right, I know. That. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, he says, artists are going from Mac to PC, but must have an iPad. Oh, I, I kind of understand that mm-hmm. aspect of it, right? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. we're flip, flip, flipping platform. What platform are you on? Are you PC or Mac? I'm PC. Were you ever Mac? I was up until like uh, last August. I was on the old cheese grater, like 2012 cheese grater. Nice. Yeah. And it yep. was like taking yeah. 20 minutes to like preview like a frame. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to get into this whole like redshift octane world because this yeah, is taking right. way too long. <laughs> yep. But I, yeah, I mean, that, I loved yeah. working on Mac when I was on a Mac. Like, I, I, you know, I have nothing, nothing bad to say about Macs. I it is a good point though that a lot of people are switching to PC but they're not moving off of the Apple mobile devices. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I I think the iPhone is just it's the best thing that they make, you know. Yeah. Cuz that's all yeah. they care about anymore, but that's all, yeah. yeah, it's really, you know. <laughs> um, I don't ha- I also see. don't have $15,000 to spend on a, you know, <laughs> if I was going to spend $15,000 on a computer, I'd buy 3 PCs. <laughs> You know. Oh, um, I was trying to remember what this was, but um, he said with on the hub, 
This is just an extra point. With On The Hub, we can have C4D and Redshift free for six months if we're students. So I didn't know what that was. <laughs> Apparently, there's a site called On The Hub, if anybody's hmm. interested in um, in checking that out. And uh, it's like a student website for software and things. Oh, so, that's cool. Uh, it says, as a student, we can get X Particles 90% discount. Wow. Um And, yeah, I've never uh, heard yeah. of those before. On the hub.com. Yeah, wow, that's cool. Okay. I'll yeah. have to remember that. Yeah, anyway, uh and uh he says thanks so much for the knowledge sharing, sending you love and light. And uh hopefully we answered those questions. Yes. At least a little bit. And like we said, you know, we just give bad advice anyway, so <laughs> you know. Uh Jeff wants to know are you using well, you mentioned uh, Redshift and Octane. What did you end up? Did you end up using either of those or both? Or I use Redshift. Um, I did like a month, or I think I'm in my second month of like renting Octane because I was mm-hmm. going to have to use it on a client gig, but then that ended up following through. So I was just mm-hmm. like, well, I have it. I might as well try to learn it. So yeah. I have like very minimal knowledge of Octane, but I love Redshift. I mean, that's what I've mm-hmm. been using yeah. for the past year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So... This is uh this should be an interesting question. When you're you kind of went straight to Redshift first. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a big group of people that were introduced to Octane for GPU rendering first. Yeah. And then went to Redshift or and, and either stayed there or used both or made a decision which one they want to use in going to Redshift first and then seeing octane were you like how do you feel about nodes and when you got into octane did you then jump into nodes or are you not using nodes as much because it's a little less node centric i i was using i went straight into the nodes when i uh jumped into octane i noticed at least this is my uh experience i Mm -hmm. noticed that there were like way more buttons to like or commands to do things than redshift like i think redshift kind of going back to like even like you know my familiarity with maya was just sort of like you have to do a lot more to get the result that you want mm-hmm. right. with redshift but that's just right. my personal take on it like i felt I like when i jumped into octane and i was watching one of david's tutorials actually from like grayscale gorilla you know he was just like and you can hit this button here and pipe this into this like direct thing here i was like oh my god this is like so <laughs> like so mm-hmm. much easier <laughs> but like i i'm so yeah. much more familiar with redshift that i'd rather just sort of stay in that redshift world if i can yeah totally right no that's that's a good point there are a lot more steps to get yeah to that yes and and that's why some people like it because of the level of control and then i think on the other side of that the octane people like it because they can get where they need to be super quick yeah for sure you know but you are sacrificing a few things in that aspect you Mm -hmm. know at, at the end of the day like there are certain styles for sure, that lend themselves to Octane. Like, you know, Ricardo said, it's it's that realism, photorealism, um, un, unbiased, whatever. And then Redshift people are using it for a lot of different things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, something that Matt and I did when we were back working at that place that we were working at is that we, uh, we were working in standard render at the time, you know, or physical render. 
and then the GPU thing hadn't even really blown up yet. Yeah. And and there were things that that I would do. I know I would do with titles and things that were very very like art directed as from a from a texture and lighting perspective and even reflections you know reflect this don't mm-hmm. reflect this this light affects this and it, this light only affects the specular there's a lot of control over that kind of stuff in redshift for sure that you don't necessarily have in octane mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you can do it in octane and they're adding more like the light linking all of that stuff but 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 that control seems to be there a lot more in Redshift still. Mm-hmm. In my yeah, opinion. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Pedro <clears> says <throat> Redshift requires a bit more tweaking compared to Octane. Yeah, but it's yeah, also quicker. Yeah, to get that's, a clean image. That oh, is definitely fog. true. Yeah. Oh man, fog. <laughs> the day that fog magically like becomes like fast and not noisy in Octane. Oh man, can't wait because <laughs> mm-hmm. fog is still just bane of my existence in octane. yep yeah you know so the solution usually is build the whole scene out in octane like you were mm-hmm. and then do a passive fog in redshift yep the number of times i have done it. that where it's like yeah. oh i just need some volumetric lighting you know okay render everything render everything with a black mat and only render the spotlights you know with volumetrics in redshift then i'm done it renders real quick, and I can just throw it on top and hit go. Looks great. Yeah. Good lord, how have we gone two hours already? I was going to say, dude, we still got to do MoGraph recommends in the drop. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go through links really fast. Links, links, I only have three here. Number one, I wanted to mention, and we'll mention this in the drop too, that. Uh, Zomax, he's Cornelius Damrick, yeah, Cornelius Damrick. He's come out with uh, a piece called 2003. Is that the name of it, right? Yeah, 2003. Yeah, and um, oh, I have these links backwards, but um, I will put them in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Matt, you sent it to me, and I was like, Oh, is this an NFT? It is an NFT. Is it an NFT? Yeah, it's okay. super rare. Good, so I'll put the link to that in there. Good, um, Smearballs Universe. Oh, yeah. Check Smearballs' feed. He's got a link you can join. It's kind of like, imagine Second Life, but you're in the Smearballs universe and hanging out with other artists. It's really cool because your character has a big TV for a face. Yeah. And it's your camera. So, like, you can pipe your camera into your avatar and go into the Smear... The Smearverse? I don't remember. I don't know if there's a name for it. The Ballsverse? No. (laughs) Um... The Smeariverse. I don't know if he has an official name, but you can I, go hang out with, with him. And, yeah, he uh, sent out great. an email, and I immediately clicked on it, and I hopped in, and Beeple was in there, you know, and I was, was like funny. trying to talk to him, and then he ran away, so I texted him, and I was like, <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> don't think I didn't see you. <laughs> so, no, it was fun. Uh, I think he's going to be doing a lot more with this uh, yeah. in, the coming, in the coming weeks and months, so... Uh, make sure you check that out. I think he's going to do like little meetups and stuff in there, mm-hmm. and you can you can show off his artwork, and it, it's all his creations and and things. So yeah, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be doing that pretty soon. This whole I metaverse agree. thing's happening. So uh, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, tangent animation shutdown. Yes, I'll link to that. This is too. so sad. Yeah, like so. What's interesting? So tangent animation, you know. They were they were known as being like kind of an exclusively Blender 
uh, studio, you know, and they had done a couple of Netflix, like they'd done, I think it's called Next Gen, you know, that was one of the first full-length Blender movies, you know, for Netflix, and then they just recently finished up another one, and they were getting started on another uh, movie, from what I hear from the people who worked there, you know, reading the, uh, the, the, like the comments and stuff like that, that they decided to just like move away from Blender and go into a fully Houdini Maya pipeline. And then because of that, like they missed a bunch of deadlines and stuff because people were trying to get up to speed, you know, using Mm. Maya and Houdini instead of just sticking with this blender pipeline like they had built in the first place. I don't know. It seems, seems to me like they should have just, they should have just stuck with blender. Like that was kind of the downfall right there. I don't know. Pedro asks, is is anyone hearing about studios that are, are incorporating, incorporating blender in their pipelines? I've worked, I've worked with a few, I've worked with a few studios that, you know, have some blender artists there who do certain things and stuff. And it's like, you know, there, there, there's a time and a place in which blender, you know, even though it's free is it is acceptable to use, you know, in a pipeline, you know, like say someone's modeling and they're just modeling. They're not, you know, right. Throwing it out right, to texture right. or lighting or anything like that. Sure. Use, use blender all you want. Model and whatever know? works. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know. I, it's really sad. I don't know that anybody, uh, I haven't heard of anybody using it like exclusively. Yeah. But I would imagine that it's in, smaller scenarios right like maybe you have like a a small shop that's doing like you know maybe has three or four people and they're all blender people like absolutely yeah Um, james was also saying you know the big creative differences between the film team and the production team yeah you've also you also had like famous people producers who were you know who hadn't done a production before and stuff like that so mm. Uh, that's all I have for the links, though. Cool. We should probably keep keep moving since we are. Yeah. Gosh, I can't believe. How I know. Go go going. to MoGraph recommends. I got to run to the restroom again. Again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I've had a lot of Mountain Dew this morning. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Pedro brought up a good point too. You know, working at a studio, you got to hand over your files, and and most of the time they're going to be like, okay, you're going to hand us like After Effects and Cinema 4D files or Maya files or, or something that. You, it's not very often at this point that you hear a lot of people like, oh, do you have that as a Blender file? It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I understand the, the I understand why Blender is good, but I also understand, like, why I wouldn't personally use it as my main 3D program. For know? sure, yeah. But, but it's different for everybody. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, all right, we're going to go to MoGraph Recommends. We're gonna try and get through this pretty quick here, but let's start out. And these can be all time or recent. Your favorite movie? All time favorite movie is Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's just uh, it's timeless to me. All right. Why though? I is it because so of, is it Robin Williams specifically, or I think he, he's such a great actor. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's just so funny. Like, that's a movie that I can quote, like, endlessly. Like, that's, like, a movie that, like, I joke about with friends all the time. Like, there's if there's a life world, uh, life, world life scenarios at the phrase, like, and there's something relatable to that movie, you can just, like, immediately think of it. Did he have a beard in that movie when he wasn't Mrs. Doubtfire? I can't remember. He shaved it I don't it think off. so. I mean, it, it, maybe, like, you know, like a very short yeah. little thing, but, yeah. I always always think of the quote from uh, Family Guy when Brian's like, you know, it's going to be a touching comedy when Robin Williams has a beard. <laughs> you know? That's yeah, true. It's true, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, music. Uh, I'm a big fan of 90s um, hip-hop and R&B and rap. Um, but nice. I listen to, like, almost everything. Um, like, alternative rock, uh 80s rock um trying to think like what else um i don't know like i listened to a ton of oar back in the day but i always inevitably come back to like um lauren hill and Mm -hmm. beyonce and jay-z and you know tupac and biggie and those guys um it's they're constantly in rotation do you do you listen to new do you listen to new stuff new music i don't not not really like yeah really not a lot of new stuff i always am always just listening to the older stuff like the miseducation of lauren hill i kid you not is an album that is in constant rotation (laughs) it's so good so good and i'll I'll tell you this i got a friend well my friend actually worked on that album and and said there was another album coming that never came out no way and it was gonna be so good Oh my god! I yeah, know. I think that's what ever, anyone who like loves Lauren Hill is always just like she could have like she should have done at least one more. <laughs> and there was it's just nobody has ever heard it. Wow! Apparently, so um, I find I I find it interesting that the older all of my friends get, the less they know about new music. And I was kind of trapped in that whole. This is before Spotify. I have my playlists of all the things that I like from high school and my 20s, and that's it. I don't know yep. anything about any new artists or any new nope. music. or you know. <laughs> um, been, it's been interesting ever since Spotify came out. I've been really big on getting into new music and liking new artists and, and listening to new artists. And with my daughter, it's, it, it's interesting because I will know the music that she's talking about, right? But I'm, I'm noticing how many of my friends don't listen to new music after, like, the age of 25 or yeah. something. And It's true. It's, yeah, it's weird. You, you just kind of, your brain grew up with this type of music, and that's what it likes. And then, <laughs> you know. Oh, boy, what kind of music it, was it? We're, we're talking about <laughs> okay. listening to new music when you get older. Okay. You know, learning about new artists and listening to new stuff as you get older. And, and you do that less and less. And it's like, you know, I'll... I think a lot of people know who Travis Scott is now, but originally when Travis Scott was starting to get big, and I mentioned Travis Scott, a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know who that is. Because mm-hmm. he's a new artist, and it's understandable. Um, right. I don't know. Who's who's a new artist right now that you hear the kids talking about? What's what's an artist? Name an artist, Matt. What's a new artist? Taylor it, Swift? It, I don't know. <laughs> All right. 2007. Um... My my uh, my my brother in law hit me up last night and he said, "Hey, you know, because he knows my love for ska, 
and he said, "Hey, there's some yeah. uh, there's some ska band playing at the uh, closing ceremony in Tokyo." And I was like, "Oh, is it Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra?" And he goes, "How in the world do you know that?" Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's appropriate. I mean, appropriate. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's a great ska band. Yeah, I don't know. I really have been enjoying listening to new artists, and I'll, I'll send stuff to friends. I think I I sent a playlist to the Jeremy mm-hmm. actually. And he's like, I would have never known about any of this music. You know, he liked it. And he's like, yeah, I put this on while I work and it's great. And uh, interesting, though, like the older you get, the the less new music. You know, I encourage everybody to go take a song you like Mm -hmm. and right click on it in Spotify and hit radio. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good suggestion. I think maybe the only one new artist that like I actually really like that I discovered maybe three or four years ago is uh anderson pack like when he first started coming up mm-hmm. he's got some like really awesome albums like even some of his older stuff from like 2016 like those are some albums that i can like listen to continuously mm-hmm. that's good it's it's I, I feel like you're you know they say your brain the, the, you know the whole neuroplasticity thing and like you know, you kind of just lock in all this stuff the older you get and your brain doesn't want to change. I feel mm-hmm. like that's one of the things that just helps you stay a little bit more adapted mm-hmm. as you get older. I'm not going to get old, dang it. Yeah. I'm going to be the cool dad. <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah. Actually, hey, I got a good compliment the other day. Because yeah. my daughter said she's cool with me following her social accounts because like I understand social media I think I might have oh, said that on the show okay. already, but you know that's cool I felt like I got cool dad points for that at least yeah so, you know All right, I give my kid on- free reign of YouTube <laughs> oh boy that's what, that's what every time I go to the bathroom I'm like what are you watching what are you watching on YouTube right now <laughs> well there you also tell him not to watch things yeah like, I hate Mr. Beast I hate yeah. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, man. He that that guy, he just he just he tortures his friends. And I don't think that's cool. Like you shouldn't teach right. kids that torturing your friends is okay. You know? Torturing your friends for tens of thousands of dollars, you know? That's not right. Well, it's like when you saw Jackass, right? And Bam was like messing with his parents. Yes. Uh and even like I don't know. Even you see social accounts like on TikTok and stuff yeah. where it's like a couple. I hate the couples who are mean who to prank each, other. each other. Yeah. Yes. I could never do that, man. It's like I the could... number of people that I've seen break up because they're a couple who just made fun of each other or like harassed right. each other. That's that's not a healthy relationship. Yeah. Joe, Joe was talking though. about... Uh, <laughs> you know soundcloud weekly playlist i have something like that if you look at spotify if you go to stuff made for you mm-hmm. there's release radar which is going to show all the new music from the people you're already following which mm-hmm. is great yeah uh and then the custom playlists they make you weekly playlists that are based on what you listen to like my weekly playlists there. are like <laughs> well one they're filled with children's music you know <laughs> right well so you keep, yeah that anyway. skews it. But, yeah. Yeah. Putting the chill hop on and letting it run all day skews my playlist. Too. Yeah. That's what kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like you need to have private listening mode. Yeah, maybe that's they, a good maybe idea. They do have that's that. a good idea. They probably idea. do have that. I bet but, they do. Yeah. All right. Next on the, li- the list TV shows. What's your favorite TV show right now? 
or of uh, all time? Well, we yeah. it's not on Netflix anymore because mm-hmm. um, it would always be in the background. But um, the we office. love The Office in this. Yeah, house. I just say The Office. All right. Yeah. <laughs> But I do. Correct. We love other shows. Like we've watched uh, The Sopranos like a handful of times. That is mm-hmm. such a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, Orange Is the New Black, Breaking Bad, Friends, mm-hmm. Modern Family. I mean, like it runs did the you, whole gamut. Did you do what I did and subscribe to Peacock because The Office is just missing in your life? We, I mean, we downloaded it, and mm-hmm. you know how you get those like first few episodes for free or whatever. But yeah. we haven't subscribed to Peacock. I, we we just catch it on Comedy Central whenever it's like you know a rerun or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I broke down. I yeah, like, I I just I miss having the Office. I know I'm paying yeah. for it, and I'm only watching the Office. I, yeah. I should. My brother, when he lived with us, attached his Peacock account to our TV, and I haven't I haven't disconnected it. <laughs> So, I know my I, husband's like this yeah. close to like just getting like the entire box set. He's just like, yeah, I, I just want to watch it. <laughs> the good thing though is that mm-hmm. on Peacock they had the extended versions yeah. and they're really good. And they have three seasons now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin says The Office is classic. <laughs> he does have some great TV show recommendations. <laughs> what would those be, mm. Kevin? Kevin, she already said she watched Breaking I'm just Bad. Waiting. I'm just waiting for it. Yeah. You know, he's typing it right now. No, he's like, not. <laughs> and he said he put dot, dot, dot. <coughs> you know, it's coming. All right. All right. It'll, it'll show up. Yeah. See, he was hanging this week. I'm, That's I'm fine. All right. Go ahead. What's okay. next? Next one on the list. Podcasts. If you listen to them. Uh, I listen to like. Random ones. Um, I would I would say that my favorite one that's like non MoGraph related is the Joe Rogan podcast, just because he has just so many different people on his show. Like yeah. you could really like talk about any topic mm-hmm. on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, I don't. But like for MoGraph, <laughs> I would say <laughs> I would say that um, the the new one with um, Aaron. Sarafki yeah. and Austin Shaw, the yeah. was it between the keyframes or something? Mm-hmm. That is that's been a yes. really good one. I've yeah. really enjoyed that one a lot. Um, but um, you know, motion hatches and um, mm-hmm. you know the future and uh, school of motion. I mean, you know, those are all. I actually also recently discovered this is a non mograph one. But speaking of the office, the office ladies oh, podcast. So good. Oh yes, it's so, good. so funny. It is. <laughs> So that's been another like new newly favorited one. Especially for someone who's seen the episodes like 800 times and you know every yes. scene that they're talking about, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, I thought it was re- I mean, I don't want to give any spoilers away if there's like anyone, you know, who's listening who has mm-hmm. watched The Office and hasn't listened to this podcast, but like the fact that Phyllis was like the um she was like, the casting uh, director casting or something. Director. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, no way. She's like one of my favorite characters." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. That's so funny. Oh, oh, Kevin says uh, that personally he'll never stop talking about Breaking Bad or The Wire. Wow. Okay, good. Well, at least we got those recommendations. Breaking then. Bad now. is a very, yeah, really good show. Now you feel yeah. complete, Dave, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I don't know what I was going to do if he didn't say yeah. that. Favorite plug-in? Mm. I would say Gift Gun. I just Gift like, Gun? It's, what is that? Okay. Yeah, it's just like it allows you to spit out gifts from uh, After Effects. Oh. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. How are they with the file frequently. size? One click GIF in After Effects. GIF mm. gun. Because 
you know, I don't have good luck with trying to like encode GIFs, especially like in Photoshop or something. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what my secret is? I upload it to Giphy. <laughs> yeah, and right. Then and then it download back. it. <laughs> yeah, they got the they got the magic sauce, the formula or something. All right, oh. gift gun. Okay, I'm bookmarking this. It's going in the show notes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a good yeah. One. I I really use it a lot because everyone always like wants like just like a simple gif or yeah. a, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know in addition to a video. So the compression, well the it. new compression on it looks great. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Next up, what is your go-to app, muscle memory app, when you pull out your phone? Probably Instagram. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's just most to, people's you answer. know, just to catch up with everyone or like, you know, if, in regards to motion graphics and design, you know, seeing what people are working on. It's, I don't know, it's, it's the first thing always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what about um, TikTok? Have you gotten into that yet? <laughs> Haven't gotten into TikTok. Be, but people, I mean, be wary. Really, be wary. Yeah. <laughs> there are a couple people that I follow on Instagram who like, I guess, post their TikTok like material on Instagram, mm-hmm. so I see it that way, but I haven't made a TikTok account. Well, I'll just say, be prepared to waste a lot of time if you get on. There. Yeah, but That's what I've also heard. be prepared to be very entertained. I mean, yes, the number of times I've killed my battery just watching TikToks for like hours <laughs> on end, especially when I first got into it. Not so much anymore. <clears throat> and what about video games? I don't play video games, but um, I mean, when I was younger, I would play like Mario Kart and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, played uh, like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and mm-hmm. DDR and stuff like that. Play The Sims. I mean, like, you know, who didn't play The Sims yeah. growing up? But but nowadays, I, I really don't play video games. No, no Halo. Or anything, <laughs> no. <huh>? no. <laughs> All right. I guess you're not joining our team then. Yeah. Not joining our, yeah, sorry, guys. our yeah. Or either that or you're going to have to catch up really quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, last one on the list. Life hack. And the example we always give is um, Mitch Myers turned the toaster on its side for some bomb-ass grilled cheese. I saw a grilled cheese toaster online the other day. Oh, really? Day, and I really thought about, like, we need to buy this and send it to Mitch. That's funny. We should, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what is what is your life hack? So I have I have two actually. Because um, I was thinking about this uh, with my husband over the weekend. I was like, "What's a good life hack that we like use in this house?" Mm-hmm. So the best way we feel to heat up pizza, like to reheat pizza, is to put it in the pan because you get the crispy bottom. Yeah, and you still get the like uh, uh-huh. really good like melty cheese on top. That's a good idea. You got to. You have. Have to you tried putting a little properly? bit of water in there? as well to like make the cheese extra gooey we haven't done water but we'll sometimes like do like a tinfoil tent okay and then that'll like sort of like trap in more of that moisture yeah i meant well like water and then put the the lid on yeah oh yeah no yeah no we didn't but that's i mean i don't know if it would if it would if it would hurt the bottom of it though you know yeah probably (laughs) yeah anyway but then the second thing is, like, for anyone who really enjoys peanut butter, um, you know how when you get, like, a new container, there's always, like, the oil on top? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you just flip it upside down and just leave oh, it like that for, okay. like, a few days, it'll just naturally mix everything so that when you go to open it, uh, it's all mixed together. 
I saw someone that on TikTok who's like, oh, yeah, butter. just take yeah. a, uh, a, a single beater on your mixer and then turn it on. But they, they were using the <laughs> other hand to like video and then it just flew everywhere. <laughs> or you put that's it in good. so far that the whole container just starts spinning. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> probably not. Um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. Yeah. No, those are good life hacks. Yep. Yeah, that is yeah. a good life hack. All right. All right. Should we go uh, over to the drop? I guess we should probably do the drop, <coughs> considering that we're like almost at two and a half hours right yeah. now. Yeah, let's make it so quick. We can make fun. it quick. All right. Let's go to the drop. The drop. Drop, drop. Is this the fucking mic? Drop. This is exactly what I should be doing. What's up and welcome to this week's episode of The Drop, your weekly source for all things NFT and crypto art, as well as upcoming drops by notable people in the MoGraph industry. I'm Matt Milstead. Joining me as always is Dave Koss. Joining us this week is Caroline Lee. Let's hey. get into the drop list. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Nifty. There was a couple people on Nifty who were doing drops, and I have no idea who they are because they don't have Twitter accounts. If you are going to get what? into the NFT space, you have to have a Twitter account. It's yep. like it's like it's like a, a a necessity almost, you know? Yeah. So yeah, especially true. because I will completely ignore you on <laughs> uh, the drop. That'll show them. That'll show them, because, you know, I'm important in this industry. Right. <laughs> My opinion right. matters. <clears throat> uh, but uh, first up, we've got uh, Future Art featuring uh, Robson, Robson, the artist, Robson artist. Uh, I think this one is a curated one where Future Art is curating a bunch of different artists and stuff like that. Um, one of the, And the feature artist being Robson. So, uh, kind of neat, you know, a lot of interesting, weird stuff. Very, very NFT-y, you know? You know, like, these days... These days. I don't know sometimes if the bad compression is part of the art, yeah, it's or if it's art. just the crappy <laughs> compression that Twitter has. <clears throat> yeah, but, I can see that. Yeah, that right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like that that, on that one is on purpose. Yeah. So, uh, that's today... To um, on the ninth, uh, next up, there's another drop today. Um, Sam Madhu, I, I think I'm saying it correctly. Um, she is a uh, she is an NFT artist. Um, she's doing a drop uh, tonight. Um, this is uh, this link that we've got, and Dave, you should put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a view her women in NFT interview. I think it's really cool. You know, she oh, talks nice. about women in uh, doing NFTs and stuff like that. So, a uh, neat little interview there. Uh, make sure to check that out. Um, then on the 10th, uh, Coldy and Bauhaus, the Bauhaus the band. Um, this is kind of neat. Um, so, uh, uh, Coldy was uh, mentioning earlier in one of the other previous, you can see it's the anaglyphic red blue. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're like giving away or like auctioning off or something like that. Uh, uh, anaglyphic red blue glasses, you know, that are signed as well. The original 3D, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. OG 3D, OG 3D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Bauhaus is a band. Apparently, they're like a, a new punk rock band or something. Okay. 
So then on the twelfth, um, so this is this is not what Crypto Spectre is going to be dropping. I just wanted oh. to do an example <laughs> of Crypto Spectre's work because Crypto Spectre looks like uh, they are doing um, uh, like uh, VR cinematic stuff, which is pretty cool. You know, I I'm interested. This is this is like a, a big beef I have with Nifty. It's like just right. just show the work. You know, show the work. Show the, the work. I don't want to see it when it drops or that day. I want to be able to see the work like when you announce the artist. Show or me if it's supposed to be a surprise. At least show us a sample or a yeah. tease or something so yep. we understand. It's one reason why I, I really yeah. like Maker's Place. You know, it's like I I know what I'm I know what I'm bidding on. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. So that's uh, the twelfth. That's a uh, Crypto Specter. Um, uh, yeah. So that's it for Nifty right now. Um, we'll move over to Maker's Place on the mm-hmm. 10th tomorrow. Muscatun? 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 Muscatun. I don't know. There's a, a, did an, a, a, a piece called Socially Wasted. Ooh, uh, this you is know, cool. It's neat. Facebook, then that Daft Punk type thing, you know, kind of neat. Or it is, does look like actual Daft Punk. Yeah. So, uh, this is pretty good. neat. This is yeah. well done. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's, it's funny the the one it's it almost looks like a beeple piece. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Huh. Caroline, right. you're probably fine. Like it's probably because it hit too long of a recording. Yeah. I have a feeling as soon as you hit stop, one of two things is going to happen. <laughs> Either it's going to crash, which is or okay it be because fine. it will bring back up, you know, yeah. or it will stop. It, it, it's probably still recording. Yeah, do we'll we just keep going? Okay, you want to keep going fine. instead of like stopping or anything, Dave? You're fine. Just just keep going. Okay. Worst just case scenario, going. this is just a drop. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. No big deal. So yeah. All You're right. Fine. So then on the 11th, uh, Julian Ohan, uh Black Paris um, is doing a drop on Maker's Place. Uh, that should be fun. Dark mode O2. You know, so uh, I, I remember there was a we we talked about version one. Yeah, there was yeah. a version one. It's pretty. I like that. that giraffe. Yeah, that giraffe was pretty. I well, like that. That was a dope giraffe. It was a dope giraffe. It's a that... very interesting mix of medias as yeah, well. Right? Like the way that, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So there's that. Um, then on the twelfth, uh, Frank Frazetta. Um, the like I, I don't know if the, it's the Frank Frazetta legacy stuff. So uh, Frank is known for doing like like he's like the godfather of uh, fantasy art and stuff like that. You know, like uh, uh, better than uh, Ronald Chevalier too. Please tell me someone gets that joke. Anyway, hmm. anyone, I anyone, don't. Ronald Chevalier. Sorry, Ronald Chevalier. Um, anyway, and then on the 13th, uh, Matt Gondek is doing a drop. Uh, this one's cool. I really like this one. Rats, you know, uh, it's really pretty. I like the, I like the work, you know, I, I think the lighting and everything is, is very pretty. And I love those textures. Those textures are nice. Rats. Yep. Is that a Mickey Mouse skull? I have no idea. It's supposed to be a Mickey Mouse skull. Uh, I mean, it <laughs> could be. You want to get sued? You want to get sued? <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's it for Maker's Place. Um, for as far as community drops, Garrett Appleton had a drop on mm-hmm. Hick and Yuck. I don't I don't know what it's called. Yuck, yuck. I'm I'm just gonna call it Hick and Yuck for the rest of my life. 
uh, said, hey, Matt and Dave, I dropped a new piece, which is the first in a series of pieces I'm calling The Deep. Each new NFT will be a continuation of each other as the hero submarine makes its way up to the different biomes in the oceans. It's far brighter animation than my normal style, which was fun to break the mold. That's cool. I like that. It's not loading. Very I've been fast noticing that Hickenyuk has had had a hard time lately with some of these, some of the the NFTs and the the animations and stuff. They're getting like, popular, probably, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, as long yeah, as you can know. remember how to how to uh, get there. But uh, uh, Garrett's will be <laughs> yeah. in the in the show notes if y'all want to check it out. Heistyuk.xyz. Heisten Hicken dot yeah. xyz popo shijo <laughs> <laughs> anyway um a couple other things to note in the nft space um uh our, our good friend frederick duquette otherwise known as fuck render um is doing what he's calling fuck crystals <laughs> so yeah. if you remember last week during the show um, one of my NFTs that I had for sale sold. It was the one that Fuckrender did with uh, with Zed, and I was really surprised. That one started moving a lot. Like uh, when it first uh, w- when it first dropped, they were only going for like seven hundred dollars, which is way less than whatever uh, the the actual you know what we paid for it. So you know, I just let my my ones for sale sit. You know, and I was very surprised it sold because I sold it for like an extra thousand dollars or whatever, which is cool. But what's happening is uh, Fuck Render is doing something called Fuck Crystals, where you can burn two of his pieces and receive, you know, mm-hmm. a Fuck Crystal, which is, you know, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, I, I love, I love. It? I love what uh, what you know some of the artists are doing right now in order to you know help drive up sales and stuff like that. For example, I'm not gonna say exactly what's happening, but if you own a Blake Catherine, y- you are you might be in luck here soon. Um, or you should buy a Blake Catherine if you don't already have one. So anyway, that is all I will say. You yeah. know. Um, Blake Catherine, of course, being one of my favorite NFT artists. So, yes, uh, that's about all I got. Dave, you got anything other than uh, uh, we... Cornelius Damrick uh, re- released yeah. his uh, newest piece? You know what's so funny? It's on Super like, Rare. Yes, I yes. was curious if this one. Oh, cool! I didn't see the animation. That looks awesome. Yeah, I think he's got a little Wolfenstein going there. Oh, that's funny. You know, little I love the tape. Here. I love the tape. The reference to the kid that was taped up on the ceiling, you know? Oh, that's funny. That's what that is. Because when we okay. had him on the show, yeah. when we had him on the show yeah. a few years ago, I know he had talked about doing this, you know? Yeah, and I right. was curious if this was ever going to, like, be released or whether he just let it, you know, let it go. Because he told yeah. us this off the air, like, this was going to be his next piece, you know? And uh, he's probably uh, been working on it ever since. Yeah, he, he said, said sixteen like months. Sixteen months yeah. of work. So he probably took a really uh, 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 a little bit of a break, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's it's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else I had. There was something else. Did I? Did we get it all? Yeah, I guess we did. Yeah. Yeah. So that cool. was on Super Rare. It's not on 
Yuck, yuck. Or whatever can you yuck. call it. Yeah, right. What is it called? Hick? I don't know it's, what it's called. It's whatever call Goofy it. says. A yuck? yuck? A yuck? XYZ. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> dot XYZ. Dot X. A yuck? Dot Yep. Yeah, so. Anyway. Uh, oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Stay. Look is here. Sit. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a little late. <laughs> I had to go uh, put on my pants. <laughs> Why? Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm I'm working on a new NFT. Mm-hmm. I'm doing an entire series on positive role models. Oh gosh. It's called Pug Life. <laughs> it's it's pugs, right? In different famous roles, you know. So starting with my my favorite detective, Sherlock Bones. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> Now you're just posing. Now you're just posing. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's one classy mother pupper. Ah, uh, I like Ray. Yeah. Okay. Right. Anyway, I gotta go. Just remember, don't stop retrieving. Oh gosh, you just save some of these puns for next week. <laughs> okay. Bye. Just voguing the whole time. Yeah, he's he likes to mug the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I got plenty of puns. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Don't worry. All right. Yeah. So if uh, any of our listeners are uh, doing have a drop coming up, feel free to email us, info at mograph.com, and we will shill your piece on the on the show. So, uh, yeah, let's go back to the regular show. Ride Pixels, by the way, it says hick et nyuk. Yep. No. It's hick and yuck. <laughs> It'll always be hick and yuck to me. <laughs> We're trying so hard to remember. Our- I think all I'm getting wrong is one letter. Probably. <laughs> like, it, I'm, I'm putting an N where the T should be. Hick and yuck, right? <laughs> it's just, I'm going to make a new website. What are you going to call website? it? What it's going to be it? the hardest word to pronounce ever. It'll be Latin, though. So it'll be... Dot com? No, dot XYZ. XYZ. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just hard to remember. Right. That's, that's all. Anyway, all right, anyway. let's get out of here. All right. The drop, drop, drop. Is this the fucking mic? Drop. This is exactly what I should be doing. What does all it right. mean? What, what is, is what is that? What, what I don't is? Know. Is there? Is it a, a real yes, word? It or is. is it, it is a real what does word. It mean? It's it's a. Uh, uh, hit hick 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 at nunk. Man, so dumb. Um, let's see. Pi set none K. What? Hi. Is that right? Pi no. set none K? Pi set none K? No. Or is that an no alternative? About. No. Hicket nunk. <laughs> what? I, yeah, I don't know. No one will ever know. No. Here and now. Well, that's what it means. Yeah. Caroline, um, yes, Caroline, thank, thank you for, for being, being on the show. show. <laughs> thank and, you guys for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Patiently dealing with us during the drop. Yes. Which, as uh, we, we people don't know because we discussed this before we went live, but you haven't gotten into NFTs yet, yeah. really. So no, that's no, why no, you, I you were silent yeah. during the. Yeah. That's why we didn't bring up, like, do you have any F- NFTs? Because yeah. we know that you don't have any <laughs> NFTs. The, yeah, sorry, I think guys. that the YouTube version of this for just the drop is going to be really funny because we're going to be like, 
<laughs> Caroline's here, and then you literally don't say anything. <laughs> the people uh, who don't watch the regular part of the show are going to be like, why didn't she talk? H, I, w- wait, everyone's saying something different now. I know, that's what I don't uh, get. Tanuki? Is it Tanuki? Is it like a Tanuki? <laughs> it's so stupid. It's such We're a stupid so website name. Tell us how to pr- pronounce it correctly. That's funny. So okay, dumb. anyway. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Caroline, thank All you right. so much for being on the show. We really appreciate yes. it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. No, it's been a ton of fun. It's yeah. been a great time. Thanks for dealing with our randomness today on just jumping topic to topic yeah. without no real uh, end goal in, in yeah. sight or any real notes for that matter. Oh, <laughs> If people want to find you online, uh, where can they find you on the interwebs? They can find me on social at formerly Albrecht and uh, my website at formerlyalbrecht.com. And and hopefully soon they can connect with you on the MoGraph Slack as well. Let's, yes. let's That's true. Yeah. Looking yeah. forward to it. And come meet all the all the fam yep. up in there. It's nice. And and learn all our insider memes and such. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get out of here. You can rate us on iTunes, leave a review. Just uh, go to your podcatcher of choice, type in MoGraph and subscribe. That really helps get our ratings up and the reviews help as well. You can uh, subscribe to the newsletter, which goes out every once in a while, sometimes. We didn't have <laughs> one last month. No. We didn't. No. And uh, so usually it goes out around the 9th, which is today. So I was hoping to finish my tutorial first, so... I'm going to try and do that tomorrow yep. during the day. Yeah. Despite there you go. First thing like in the morning. Should, 9 a.m. First thing in the morning. Actually, no, I got physical therapy. Did uh-huh. I talk about that? No. I on the show, right? No, physical therapy. I didn't know you were going to physical therapy. Well, I'm going to physical therapy for the thing. I talked about the thing. Yeah, the thing. I, yeah. The thing. Yeah. My my nerve problems. I, yeah. I lost motor function and some feeling in my hand, which for an artist is not yeah. optimal. So, going a little physical therapy, and then I'm going to hop right on that tutorial train yep. tomorrow. Dave's going to replace uh, his hand with a mouse. Yes, <laughs> with a robotic. Actually, I think that would be better if I, I think it would too. AI. Yeah, I could do things faster. I could if I yep. could just think what I needed to do. That'd be a lot faster. You can say you've been there, done that, got the T-shirt with the MoGraph logo T. Make sure you get that for these meetups. Yeah. You know? Um, the Paul Bab Feel the Bab 2020 shirt all the profits from that go to Doctors Without Borders the Render Things t-shirt hoodie and long sleeve tee the That Render is Fire shirt which you're only allowed to wear ironically unless you're shams shams. and of course the MoGraph Blandishment shirt and we are on Facebook Twitter Instagram YouTube TikTok and MoGraph.com check us out come say hi send us a message Mm -hmm. and we will do our best to answer it terribly terribly And that's about it. Yep. Until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I'm Caroline. Have a good one. Later, yo. Bye. It's pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor.
Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SeaGraph, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. We gotta stop this thing, Rick! It's gonna kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software. Learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it. We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.